Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we're discussing chapter 28 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix Snape's Worst Memory. First, we have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Love our blog, love WizardTeam, have a few extra galleons lying around. Donate to Black Girls Create. You can become a Patronus or send us a cheering charm at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. And that money goes to helping us keep this this wonderful apparatus going and um, sustainable. Also helps us when we are trying to get to conventions and um, do live events to give you guys extra content and hopefully um, build this up so it can get continue to grow. So that's what we use the money for. We also have Wizard Team merch. You can head over to our website to step up your nerd fashion and stationery game. We got lots of designs, lots of things you can put those designs on. So yeah, to check it out. Yes. And if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, please rate and review us on iTunes. Um, you can also rate and review us on Google and wherever you listen to podcasts, but the iTunes algorithm is the most important because that's where the majority of people listen to podcasts and and can find us. Please, if I, we, I assume that if you're on Chapter 28 of Order of the Phoenix, you enjoy this podcast, so you're going to give us a bomb review. But like my mom says, if you don't have anything nice to say, shut the fuck up. <laughs> say like that specifically? I, I believe that she <laughs> no. does. I was going to say, I've never heard <laughs> yeah, her say never. that. But I've, I don't know if I've ever heard my mom use the F word, but that is something that she would say. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I believe it. I don't Blame think you're lying. His name. She's a um, very sweet woman. She's crazy, but... Please. Also, subscribe to Black Witches Weekly, our newsletter curated by Wizard Bay Deborah, with nerd news and links to what's been going on. Um, if you want to be in the know, subscribe at blackgirlscreate.org. Very easy. And now for Wizard Team News. Y'all, who did this? A rare. 40,000 pound Harry Potter book was stolen by burglars. And I posted this on Twitter and we got some hilarious comments back. One from Imani who was like, do you want this gift or not? Which <laughs> I do. Which also kidding in us that he didn't steal this book. Um, so it was a first edition of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, I believe, or the Philosopher's Stone. Mm -hmm. um, and it got got. So, so the thing is, right, like when you posted this um, in our Slack, I was like, again? Because I'm pretty sure last year we had a similar story where, like, someone stole, it was either, like, another Philosopher's Stone or maybe it was, like, a script or something. Like, they stole mm -hmm. something. But this, I, like, ended up looking and, like, going into the link and reading it and this isn't, like, this was Grand Theft Bookstore, is what it was. It wasn't just Harry Potter. So they, like, got yeah. Harry Potter which, they is, stole um, which is the thing that was worth the most. But they stole a hard-covered signed uh, edition, or first edition, of um, Color of Magic by Terry Pratchett, four first editions of Winnie the Pooh, the hardcover first edition of The Hobbit, the first impression of The Great Gatsby from 1925, 
um, a paperback copy of A Brief History of Time, which has a thumbprint signature by Stephen Hawking, two first edi- editions mm-hmm. of Gunslinger by Stephen King, um, a sketchbook from the 1820s and 18, or from the 1820s to 1840s. Like, it, they were like, you know what? <laughs> we're going into the book, this bookstore and we're about to make, like, the, like, if I was a thief and I'm not, but this is my kind I was thinking the same. So it, it was literally Ocean's Eleven, um, Barnes and Noble. Like, it, I mean, it wasn't, it's like, yeah, you know. Old yeah, I know what you mean. Um, first edition bookstore, but you know what I mean? But this was, this Harry Potter was worth so much because it's one of like only 50 of the um, editions that they printed in 97. So these are like the, like, pre, like, so there's like arcs and advanced reader copies and things like that. Um, these are, this was like the, we don't know if this book is going to sell the first press of these. Um, also as we've talked about, like there are things that they had to like fix and, you know, we've, we've come across some typos or mistakes in like later editions that they've gone back and fixed. But, um, yeah, this is, this, this is seriously, it needs to be made into a heist movie and I don't even care if it's like. You know what I mean? Like when it's like a, like the Harry Potter movies, a historical reenactments. I don't mm-hmm. care what they get wrong. I just want to. I don't know why there isn't a heist some, like, movie about someone stealing something from a bookstore anyway. Like, why is that not a thing? I don't know, but like that is you know like they have like the art thieves, right? These mm-hmm. are it's on the same level. Like they had a whole TV show about this like art thief and like white collar crime or whatever. There's just. Something in my heart. And then I was like, as I was reading it, I don't know why, but I was picturing Nicola Zabini as like <laughs> Carmen San Diego, like mashup of like, and it was like, it has to be a woman of color and she's fierce and she's badass. And I just, I need this story to exist. And she um, just does it so she can like those... sell her, she sells the books so that she can live in her little like quiet home and read all the books that she owns. She lives in a library herself. She doesn't need the ones that she's stealing. She just wants the money so she can continue to not work. And read all the books that she wants. And, books. and, and it's one of those. It's one of it's one of those stories where you're supposed to be like, "Oh my god," but in reality, you're like, "That's good for you." You know what? Right? Because right now you're we're talking about this, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna be hitting up Eliana in you know a couple couple minutes, being like, "Hey, what's up?" So we got a new Eliana the scammer. Very important. <laughs> I'm excited for it. Coming soon. I want to be in on that ready. To a theater too. near you. Um, in like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like 10 years. Right. Um, <laughs> and then also, this is um, just, I don't know, it's it's news, but it's kind of like, no, it's, it's one of those annoying like CNN breaking news where it's not actually breaking news, but they insist on putting the big like, choo, 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 mm-hmm. like, effects and everything. Next week is February. Breaking news next week is February. Um, And the reason why we're excited about this is because February is Black Wizard History Month. Um, If you don't celebrate Black Wizard History Month, like, I don't know why you don't love yourself, and I don't know why you don't love your history. I just don't... I don't know, but it is Wizards team's favorite celebratory month. I also found out, though, that um, February is also National Canned Food Month. So we're gonna have to like figure out something to do there too. Yeah. 
I'm a community manager. I have a calendar of like all of the weird, crazy holidays that I, you know, just in case I want to like tie something in. I don't, I don't know that we need but, to tie that one in. I mean, we're not, canned food? we're not we black can, we're not, we're not black canned food creates. We're not what we do. <laughs> um, it's a random thing, and you know, I appreciate that fun fact, but it's not a part of our mission. <laughs> We are not a hug for black creators and canned food. We have all benefited from some canned kidney beans. I mean, I'm not saying we haven't. I'm just saying (laughs) it's not a part of what we do. Anyway, Black Wizard History Month is a thing that we do celebrate. We're both in agreement that is important. Um, So keep an eye out for on this space, on Twitter, on our website. Um, Black Girls Create the special content celebrating wizarding history um, at its finest and flyest. It's very exciting. It's about to be lit. Okay, thank you for listening to Wizard Team. Um, next week, we will discuss... Why? What's going on? Um, we have a magical birthday. Done. We, just we have a magical birthday! Skip the magical birthday. Look at you. Look at you. I got new glasses. Um, they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but happy birthday to Kimberly Marie. Her birthday was last Wednesday. We missed it because I think she let us know on Wednesday. Um, but happy birthday! Yeah, happy belated birthday! Happy, birth- happy, happy birthday! It also was actually since we're doing magical birthdays. Last Wednesday was a birthday or a day full of Black Girl Magic. It was also Michelle Obama's birthday and Eartha Kitt's birthday. That's very true. Um, so. Yeah, like, happy birthday, Kimberly Marie, um, and thank you for being one more blessed, magical Black girl that we could celebrate on that day. All right, thank you for listening. Next week, we'll be discussing career advice, our favorite chapter of all time, and we'll see you again then. Yeah, it's not how that works. I I see what you're doing, and I understand why. I think but, we're done here. But it's not. Um, we're gonna we're gonna read chapter twenty nine, Snape's worst memory, aka the second time Harry set his face in someone's memories. But first, previously uh. on Wizard Team. Um so previously on Wizard Team ooh, some things happened. So Perrin's taught his first divination lesson to Harry's class. And we learn that nothing is absolute. You know, you can maybe glean the future after staring at the sky for like 10 years, but even then, who knows what it really means. Uh, the members of the DA um, learned how to do uh, their, uh, how to cast a Patronus. And then Marietta Edgecombe. Even Seamus joined. Seamus joined. Seamus joined and learned how to. Learned how to, learned how to do a Patronus yeah. very easily. I mean, this is all corporeal and everything. Look at him. Um, and then Marietta Edgecombe decided that she was going to snitch. And so... She got stitches. Well, she actually she got snitched. purple pustules. Yeah, but she did get she did get stitches. Metaphorically speaking. She, um, metaphorically. Who also... Practically speaking, she got large purple pustules that left scars mm-hmm. for years. But now everyone knows she's a snitch. For years. And emotional scars for a lifetime. 
And um, um, you know who else got stitches? Hermione needs to realize the strength and power of magic. You know what I realized? You know what I realized is we don't. Um, sorry, I'll get back to who else got stitches. But what I realized is that we don't actually like in this chapter or any future ones. Hermione doesn't comment on Marietta, at least not like in the I, book. Right? Like, there's no question that you know what I mean. Like, no one like talks to her about it. Like, Harry doesn't even say, like, good job on the thing. She doesn't say, you know what I mean? Like, we mostly just get Harry's opinion on it, but we don't see what Hermione's thoughts are about it after it happens, right? And I'm not saying that it would change necessarily, because maybe she's just like, ha, that's what I put Jinx on for, and that's what she gets. But she could also be like, wow, that was actually stronger than I thought. And we don't know, because and we don't actually get to see that. her deal with those, like, the aftermath of that first. So, it's interesting. But you um, know what? I'm glad that you brought that up because I will be a little bit nicer because maybe she does feel bad. Yeah, and I we like just don't know. It's not to say that she maybe that. she doesn't, maybe she does. You know what I yeah. mean? But we don't know. But since I live in a world of headcanon and my headcanon, she does feel really terrible and she spends the next couple of years trying to help Marietta um, come up with an anti-jinx. Yeah. It's possible. And it seems like, you know, I think consistently she's someone who learns from her actions and, like, she may do something that's immensely fucked up, like this. Um, but I think that she tends to, like, it may take her a minute to realize that she's being wrong, but she tends to realize it eventually. Yeah. And I think we should also mention, though, that um, this felt like, this was probably one of those controversial things that has happened in, in Wither Team. Like people had feelings and mm-hmm. they were telling us all about their feelings. And great. I kind of love that because I also I I think that we can say is I think we all agree that Marietta was in the wrong. What we disagree on is the severity of her punishment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um um, yeah, that was, it was a it was a good conversation, and it was like cool to hear other people's, um, like thoughts and just like, you know, stipulations and stuff. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then so the other some other people got stitches as well. Um, also figuratively speaking, but Fudge and Umbridge are a little hurt a little bit, you know. That's they like win. Cool. They like win in quotes in the in like you know they won the war but technically it's like okay sorry so yeah i don't know how many of our listeners um watch naruto or have or read naruto but i'm like in the middle of a rewatch right now in naruto in the tuning exams um robin has no idea what i'm talking about but it's okay some of you might so in the tuning exams which is like this it's basically a giant test that like these ninjas take to like advance into the next round or until the next like kind of tier of basically to get a promotion essentially um but the like last round of it is like a tournament and so one of the characters shikamaru is like basically wins but then because he doesn't have enough chakra or whatever basically he's tired he's like exhausted himself he doesn't he like has to quit because he's like i don't like i have a lot of more steps that i could have taken if i had the energy like the physical and like um energy to do it but i don't 
so I lost. So that's kind of what happened here is that like Fudge and Umbridge won because Dumbledore was like, all right, I'm going to just dip. But he really won. And everyone knows that Dumbledore really won. Yeah, it was just a default win. It wasn't like an actual win. So they're feeling really smug, except for the fact that they let Dumbledore sneak uh, slip through their fingers, in addition to also still having 10 Death Eaters on the loose. 11 if you count. 10 whole Death Eaters. 11 if you count notorious mass murderer Sirius Black, who has been <laughs> on the run for two years, over two years at this point. Over two years. So. I think that it's important to say that Fudge fully admitted to dropping everything to come and expel a teenager from a high school or from a school while 10 slash 11 Death Eaters are on the loose. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where his priorities were. Yeah. So, there's also that. There's just problems with the ministry abound. Um, cool. So let's let's start with the chapter. To make worse memory. I don't want to. I, I mean, I don't either, to be honest. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Let's. We got to. You got to get through this, and then it's time for career advice. So, get through the bad okay. to get to the best. I may not even be here for career advice. I mean, that sounds like a personal problem. Fine. Fine! Um, um, by order of the Ministry of Magic, Dolores Jane Umbridge, High Inquisitor, has replaced Albus Dumbledore as head of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. The above is in accordance with Educational De- Decree Number 28, signed Cornelius Oswald Fudge, Minister of Magic. His middle name is Oswald. He's dumb. <laughs> the n- notices have gone up all over the s- school overnight but they did not explain how every single person within the castle seemed to know that Dumbledore had overcome two auras, the High Inquisitor, the Minister of Magic, and his junior assistant to escape. No matter where Harry went within the castle next, within the castle next day, the sole topic of conversation was Dumbledore's flight, and though some of the details might have gone awry in the retelling, Harry overheard one second-year girl assuring another that Fudge was now lying in St. Mungo's with a pumpkin for a head. It was surprising how accurate the rest of the information was. Um, that is peeves and or the portraits. You know, my, it could Maybe be the portraits. I didn't think about the portraits. My headcanon, though, so you remember at the end of uh, Sorcerer's Stone how everyone knew about what Harry did and Dumbledore was like, you know, if you're in a school, that's what happens. It was completely between you and Quirrell, so naturally the whole school knows. Now I'm like, I bet you Dumbledore did it. Oh, yeah. He was like, he was like, let me just drop some notes with Fox. I got some time. They don't know where I'm at. Let me, like, be, drop in to just the dorm rooms and whisper Each in common room would be like, hey, did you know? Here. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you his powers of disguise are on point, too. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't know. I've never seen this first year before. I just heard exactly. that Dumbledore came in and killed and just flung out everybody. Um, <laughs> I also think that it's like really funny that 
that is, I guess, okay, so I think it's funny that, like, the, Umbridge has been working so hard, and the Ministry has been working so hard to, like, discount Dumbledore and his message, and yet the school is, like, not, like, I mean, besides a few outliers, Malfoy, they're not, like, oh, finally, we got rid of Dumbledore, and we're going to get some, like, good, you know, institutional, like, rigorous education going on up in here. That's not the case. They're literally like, don't worry, Dumbledore got his. He gonna be back. You know what I mean? And they're still all on his side. Mm-hmm. Goes to show kind of the extent that propag- like I Yeah. Happy place, whatever, but there's always gonna be like a base thirty percent of people who are not going who are just gonna go with the status quo and not change their mind or whatever. Yeah, I mean I think I think part of it too though is that like the ministry has actively been forcing themselves into Hogwarts. And I think that if like, like it's easy for the parents to be on the ministry side because they don't have to deal with Umbridge every day and like new educational decrees yeah. every two weeks. You know what I mean? Whereas Ooh. like, so I think like if they didn't have to deal with Umbridge, if it was just like the ministry kind of like putting these educational decrees or like putting in new teachers who were competent, you know, novel idea. Um, then I think the students would be more on their side, but instead he put like umbridge is there and she's very clearly like not a good teacher she's clearly just wanting to exert power and is just like bullying other teachers bullying the students like so no one likes her and the only reason like some of the Slytherins, like i won't even go as far as to say all the Slytherins, like malfoy um and like his homies they like her because she's favoring them but not because like they're learning she's anything new point. it's because they're yeah. out to get it's because she's out to get harry and malfoy's like cool i'm out to get harry too Let's build. Let's I get, keep the let's vision. Let's build. Let's collab. <laughs> like that's, that's <laughs> so I um yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. I, I mean, I definitely think it connects to the propaganda, but I think that like one of the problems with their um I guess strategy is that Umbridge is an awful person. That's really yeah. Really but I, uh, and I and I think too there is like. The the other fact of what I was trying to say is, like, the propaganda doesn't work because of the incompetence. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, sure, you can keep saying, like, everything's going great, but I look outside my window and there are 10 Death Eaters on the loose. I ain't got no health care. I don't know how I'm going to pass my like, exam for Defense Against the Dark I don't arts. know how I'm going to pass my exams. Fudge is colluding with Russia. Like, it's just a bunch of stuff going on. <laughs> and I just, like... The Russian Ministry of Magic is just all up in our grill, and I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Yeah. And if they were, if, if Fudge hadn't dropped everything to, like, come expel a child, and instead of been, like, focusing on maybe, like, getting some of this shit right, it it wouldn't be so easy to discount or to not be on their side. Mm-hmm. Whew. Okay. So. <laughs> Um, Dumbledore will be back before long, said Ernie McMillan, confidently on the way back from herbology. They couldn't keep him away in our second year, and they won't be able to do it this time. If that fire told me, correlation that Harry, Ron, and Hermione had to lean closer to him to hear, 
that umbrage tried to get back into his office last night after they searched the castle and grounds for him. Couldn't get past the gargoyle. The head's office has sealed itself against her. Apparently, she had a right little tantrum. Like, again, this goes back to what I was saying in the previously. Like, Dumbledore won. He lost. Like, he's not, he can't be at Hogwarts anymore, but he won. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he lost the war. I think he lost the battle. Mm-hmm. Because, long no, that's what I'm saying. he didn't actually lose. He only lost in that Umbridge is now the that- headmaster. Technically. Right. Um, right. With the uh, right. And Portia asks, what's the chain of command here? Dumbledore leaves, so we're going to give the position to the lady who hates kids. Um, honestly, the chain of command would have been McGonagall if Fudge wasn't, like, if the ministry wasn't putting their hands the all out. The and yeah. yeah. Like, it's definitely, um, like, I think they have a standard, like, chain of command, but... Umbridge wanted to be headmaster. Head so McGonagall took did. over um, second year, right? Like, she became... Mm-hmm. And she also takes over um, like, briefly after uh, Dumbledore dies. Um, and, <gasps> you know... What? If, Dumbledore dies? Shut up. Um, and if, <laughs> if Voldemort hadn't, you know, taken over everything, then she would have been the headmaster in the next, in the seventh book as well. Um, so, like, they have a chain of command. It's just like yeah. it's just that they have the ministry leaning into it, right? And like the ministry now, and also the ministry when Voldemort's controlling it, like they get to decide um, and like kind of overrule what the actual rules are. Command structure, yeah. Is, or yeah, I also like wonder. I don't know if we'll, we'll see this a little bit, but like how much the staff doesn't like actually defer to McGonagall and treat like McGonagall is actually the de facto um, headmaster or headmistress because that's who they're listening to. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and I, I think we see this. I can't remember. Um, um, I don't think that we see off the top of my head. I don't think that we really see them deferring to her. They def- we definitely see them rebelling against Umbridge, which we should, we can um, get to in a second. Um, but yeah, I don't think that we get that deep as, as to like they're deferring to McGonagall. I think they're all just kind of like a united front for the most part against Umbridge. Yeah. Um, oh, I expect she really fancied herself sitting up in the head's office, said Hermione, um, viciously, lording it over all the other teachers, the stupid, puffed up, power crazy old. Now, do you really want to finish that sentence, Granger? Um, of course, Malfoy shows up because. Anywhere he smells Harry or Hermione or Ron, he's like, "Well, that's where I need to be." Like he just wants to be so their friend so bad, just, and like, just kiss already. Like they don't like you, and I think you need to be okay with that and move on with your life. You need to make better choices. Um, I mean, it would be nice. Um, and then he says, "I'm afraid I'm gonna have to dock a few points from Gryffindor and Hufflepuff." Uh, you can't take points from fellow prefects, Malfoy, said Ernie. I know prefects can't dock points from each other, said Malfoy, but members of the Inquisitorial Squad. The what, said Hermione? The Inquisitorial Squad, Granger. A select group of students who are supportive of the Ministry of Magic and picked by Professor Umbridge. Um, so this is some corrupt, like they just, they're not um, subtle about it at all. Like you're choosing mm-hmm. 
children who are supportive of the ministry, really. Also, even that's and that's in the line. Like that's there are first of all, that's in the line. Even saying that is a problem because these are children, right? Right. What is like their political stance? What does that have to do with anything? Um, Also, there are Ravenclaws, Hufflepuffs, and Gryffindors who are also whose families and like who are probably more supportive of the ministry. so then clearly it's also very like skewed towards one house because they're all Slytherins. Yeah. Um, also, this is like, but we've been talking about the prefect system and how like flawed and just kind of slightly problematic it is, but the inquisitorial squad is even worse because it's like, it's just, it's just even worse. It's, it's dumb. So I was wondering this, um, chat room to see if anyone else has seen this but like it reminds me a lot of like and we know that a lot of this is is based off of um like parables to uh fascism and and world war ii and stuff but like it reminds me kind of of the hitler youth where it's like um it's more about like peer pressure these are the good you're supposed to do this is um this is like the example you're supposed to set. But mm-hmm. oh <laughs> um. what? Sorry, I got distracted by the chat. Oh. Um and so yeah. I I I think that that is like really, really stark. And <laughs> And it's interesting because supposedly the inquisitorial squad is like the creme de la creme, but yet they're all the children of Death Eaters. Like, how Mm -hmm. are you so, like, you're so, you're so focused on, on keeping up this facade that Voldemort's not back, that you're actually making your own Death Eater squad? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, anyway, members of the Inquisitorial Squad do have the power to dock points. So, Granger, I'll have five from you for being rude to our new headmistress. Macmillan, five for contradicting me. Five because I don't like you, Potter. Weasley, your shirt's untucked, so I'll have another five for that. Oh, yeah. I forgot you're in mudblood, Granger, so ten for that. Um, so, literally, it's, it's an abuse of power and bigotry on top of it, right? Like, you shouldn't... You... It's institutionalized racism! It literally is. And it's a problem. And like the fact that Umbridge is fine with that is is uh yeah. Everybody's awful. So Ron pulled out his wand, but I like though that um sorry, sorry, I just Portia says in the chat room, I'm mad that the magical tallies actually go along with the new point system though. Right. It's true. Like this is you don't got jurisdiction on our house point system. Do you just get to like I wonder if I said like Hey, Malfoy, five points from Slytherin. Like, do they just listen to that shit? Or, like, when did when did this, like, how do they, do they, like, do some new magic on it so that they observe new rules? Or They know. Yeah, I don't know. I think that I, there must be a magical spell that, like, once you are a prefect or whatever, like, and, and a professor, you, when you say five points from, it ought, like, the tallies change 
because of it's coming from you. Like there's like the same way in which I don't know. I think that it's like Portia makes a good point though. It's like so there are like Hermione says like prefects can't take points away from prefects, um, but the inquisitorial squad can. But like that's a whole different system. Y'all need a whole new point system. That's like y'all want some other stuff. You can't double. So if Malfoy says as Slytherin prefect five points from you and as Inquisitor ten points from you or Inquisitorial mm-hmm. is that fifteen points? That don't make no sense. None of it makes sense. It yeah. It doesn't make any sense. There are good people on both sides. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um okay. So Hermione stops Ron from cursing Malfoy. Um and Malfoy says Wise move, Granger. New head, new time. Be good now, Potty, Weasel King. Um, and then they he walks walks away laughing because he's a, a bully. And he's not. He's 15 and he's been doing the same kind of like thing for five years and I feel like, you know, maybe evolve some, some, some. Evolve. Do something. He was bluffing, said Ernie, looking appalled. He can't be allowed to dock points. That would be ridiculous. It would completely undermine the prefect system. Um, so I love that with Ernie, it's like about the prefects, right? And not about the fact that it's just like bigoted. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know what... Uh, yeah, he's just like, the prefect. What about the prefect system? What about it? It's so important. You have to uphold it. I really, if I was at Hogwarts at this point, I would do what I do now in life and just scream, nothing even matters! And then throw, like, flip the table. Basically what I did yesterday at, like, midnight, I was in bed and I decided to eat a brownie. And I was like, because why not? Chaos reigns. Yeah. Yeah. I would be in, like, Transfiguration, McGonagall would ask me a question and I'd be like, blue. Why not? Nothing matters anymore. Everything is flawed. Everything's flawed. Everything's wrong. The prefect system is is undermined. So, what are we really doing here? I don't know. You don't know. What are we doing here? (laughs) Let's just pack it up and go home. There's not even a point anymore. There are systems and rules in place. <laughs> and if we're going to just throw it all away, what is even the point? I can just imagine Ernie with his with his wizard YouTubes making oh, that the wizard that video. YouTube right now. <laughs> There's a lot of like and and listen, listen. If you search deep down what they're really trying to tell us is is that you can never get to the top. They tell you to be a prefect and then they move the goalposts because the man don't want you to win. I did everything they told me to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, I like that in the chat room Amani said, well, Put in a table flip gif and then said they don't want you to win. The same time <laughs> I was saying 
they don't want you to win. <laughs> they don't. They don't. Um, so they go, they turn and look at their giant hourglasses. Um, Gryffindor and Ravenclaw had been neck and neck in the lead that morning, as even as they watched stones flew upward, reducing the amount in the lower bulbs. In fact, the only glass that seemed unchanged was the emerald-filled one of Slytherin. Which, again, is not how any of this should work. Um, Portia brings up an important point. Hashtag Dean for Prefect 1995. <laughs> it's very important. I just feel like I feel like you're putting a lot of energy in a movement. Considering the loss of time turners, just it, it just doesn't have very much chance of success. So, I mean, I, don't know I mean, I you're... want you to be happy. I want you to go for your goals, but I also don't want you to be disappointed in a in a futile endeavor. Yeah, I I don't know. I think Dean I think Dean should should be able to repeat that. I think that, that but that's twenty three years ago. Dean should have been prefect twenty three years ago. <laughs> that's wild. Shit, yeah. It's facts. <laughs> you said it and I was like, oh twenty three oh years ago. <laughs> Damn. Um, uh, okay, so noticed have you said Fred's voice. Um, he and George just come down the marble uh, staircase and joined Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Ernie. Malfoy just docked us all about 50 points, said Harry. Yeah, Montague tried to do us during break, said George. What do you mean tried, said Ron quickly. He never managed to get all the words out, said Fred, due to the fact that we forced him headfirst into that vanishing cabinet on the first floor. Um, aha. Advancing cabinet. Uh-huh. Very important. Uh-huh. Um, Hermione looks shocked. Goddamn. <laughs> Hermione looks shocked. But you'll get into tr- into terrible trouble. Not until Montague reappears, and that could take weeks. I don't know where we sent him," said Fred. Anyway, we decided we don't care about getting into trouble anymore. Um. Have you ever said Hermione? Of course we have," said George. "Never been expelled, have we? We've always known where to draw the line." We might, have, we might have put a till across it occasionally, but we've stepped, stopped short of causing real mayhem. But now, said Ron, well now, with Dumbledore gone, we reckon a bit of mayhem is exactly what our dear new head deserves. Um, you mustn't, whispered Hermione. You really mustn't. She'd love a reason to expel you. You don't get it, Hermione, do you, said Fred. We don't care about staying anymore. We'd walk out right now if we weren't determined to do our bit for Dumbledore first. <laughs> like, I love how their, like, sense of justice is also... Well, let me rephrase that. They have a prank that they want to pull on Umbridge. Yeah. Umbridge is awful. It's very true. You know what I mean? Like, she deserves what she's about to get. But also, they're using it as an excuse to wreak some havoc. And I appreciate it. It's great. But also, they just, you know, they got some some stuff, some fireworks they want to test out. Priorities. Ariana says the twins have always had her heart, and then she did the two double heart because I guess she's a time lord, time lady. <laughs> um, they've always had her heart, but you know, 
as a younger sibling, <laughs> very much, very, very, very much identify with this because there are times when like I've gotten mad at Brandon. He's my older brother. Um, and I've come up with something that I think would be great, like mm-hmm. way to get back at him. But in between like him making me mad and me being able to like unleash my plan of revenge, like something will happen and I'm over either I'm over it or like he got in trouble by my parents or the universe got him back in a karmatic karma style, or it's just taken me too long to think of a good like Time, too much time has passed for him to even understand this retribution, but I still do it. It's always glorious. Yes. Because you know what? He'll do something else. It's, it, it, it'll all even out. He'll deserve it sooner or later. Well, I don't think that's Make D3 like 23 years ago, 23 years early. It works. Time is relative. I'm done. Mm, okay. So phase one is about to begin. I get into the Great Hall for lunch if I were you. That way the teachers will see you can't have had anything to do with it. Anything to do with what, said Hermione. You'll see. Run along now. Um, so Fred and George turn away. Ernie mutters something about unfinished transfiguration homework and scurries away. He's like, mm, I don't want these problems. I think we should get out of here, you know, said Hermione, just in case. Yeah, all right, said Ron. And the three of them go to the Great Hall. Um, but Filch stops them, um, telling Harry that Umbridge would like to see him. I didn't do it, said Harry, stupidly, um, which is not the proper response, but, you know, it needs that way sometimes. Um, but if you make that your response for everything, then it just it becomes, like, a cute little quirk that you have, but also you didn't do it, which is what I do. Anytime someone's like Robin at work, even the CEO, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. And then they chuckle a little bit. But then sometimes I did do it, and it was me. But, you know, I've set a pattern. Hmm. Hmm. Don't have to I mean, I did think of you when I read this, because every like randomly I'll say your name, and then all of a sudden you say that, and I'm like, because <laughs> I didn't do it. I'm like that has nothing to do. With why all y'all always blaming me for stuff I didn't do? All right, glad to know. Guilty conscience, eh? He wheezed. Follow me. Um. So Harry follows Filch to Umbridge's office, and Filch um is very happy and has a lot going on, and is I. He's a problem, and he shouldn't be around children. That's basically the gist of it. He says... We should keep a list of people that shouldn't be around children that work in a school full of children, but also Mm -hmm. that are, like, gleeful about the demise of children. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Filch is up there, Snape is up there, Umbridge. Haggard kind of shouldn't be around. Like, he's not happy at, like, their demise, but he's not preventing it. Still shouldn't be around them. He's not wishing it upon them, but he's also not like he's not not putting them in situations where they may or may not be like. And sometimes he's actively putting them in situations where exactly, exactly. So the only reason why they survive is blind luck. Yeah, they're really good at ducking. That's why. 
man, if Umbridge had been around during the blasted groups, he probably still like buy hydrants. He just got packed in bags. I don't know what to tell you. Do not know. Um, so Philip says things are changing around here, Potter. I've been telling Dumbledore for years and years he's too soft with you all. You filthy little beast would have never dropped stink pellets if you knew I had it in my power to whip you raw, would you now? Nobody would have thought of throwing fang frisbees down the corridors if I could have strung you up by your, the ankles in my office, would they? Um, but when Educational Decree number 29 comes out, Potter, I'll be allowed to do them things. Which is like, so are they not notifying the parents? Scientifically proven. Do they notify the parents of the Educational Decrees? I think up until now, they probably have. But I also wonder if it's kind of like a FOIA request thing where it's like, or like, you know, with um, net neutrality, like you had X amount of time for a comment period, but they didn't mm. like, they weren't doing anything to help you realize that the comment period, when the comment period opened or closed. Right. So I feel like it's kind of one of those things. They probably put it in the Daily Profit, like really small on like e 32. Right. And then, like, the children like, can't tell their know. parents. The kids can't tell the parents because she's, she's checking the mail. Checking the mail. So, this is, this is. I wonder if she's checking all of the mail or just like. Well, she's not the list checking of, like, the mail. I think before. Undesirables. Well, no. So, I think before she was checking Harry's mail and potentially like the Weasleys mm-hmm. or something. Um, now she'll she'll explain like what she's doing now. Now it's not just her, and I think she's checking everything, all uh, of them or like under her little her squad is checking everything. Leadership, um, um, which so, is interesting because don't they do that again? Some other regime that comes in after. Mm-hmm. I mean, she fits right into it, so she really does. She gets a raise. Yeah, she's she relishes it. You know, like the little bounce intercept on our way to work. Yeah. Um. So, and then and she's asked the minister to sign an order for the expulsion of Peeves, which, you know, we like Peeves. But... How are you gonna expel? But but how you how are you actually going? To I don't practically think. I do think that? like expelling poltergeists is different than like expelling mm-hmm. students, though. I think it's like. No, no, like, so you need, like, a pork and, like, some, like, holy water to be, like... Probably, I don't really know. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Most likely. Like, why are you signing, like, you're signing, you're asking the Minister of Magic permission to, like, get get a, get someone to, like, do a sage, burn some sage, and, <laughs> like... That's not, like, a decree. I hereby expel thieves. And then he poof is gone. And then where does he go? He, I think, then he, I think he's dead. To be honest, or like as dead as something that's like not as like a spirit of mayhem can be. You know, I think he's no more. Poltergeist be gone. So to get into Umbridge's office, um, you know, since she can't get into Dumbledore's office, she decided to have a large wooden block made that says "Headmistress" in gold letters, so everyone knows about her new position. That she stole. Also, his fireball Not and Fred and George's clean sweeps um, were chained and padlocked to a stout iron peg in the wall behind the desk. Um, so, yeah, she still has those. Thank you, Argus. Said uh, she said sweetly. Not at all, ma'am. Not at all. 
sit, said Umbridge. Um, and she says, well now. That's squib. You said what? I wonder if she'd be so sweet if she knew she wasn't squib. No, because she just owned considering her squib brother. So. Right. I'm saying, considering how she treated the squibs in her own fam. Yeah. Um, well now, she said, what would you like to drink? What, said Harry? To drink Potter. Tea, coffee, pumpkin juice? And immediately, you're just like, mm, this is suspicious. Nothing. This is a, this is a no from me. Um, nothing. Good. Thank you, said Harry. I wish you to have a drink with me. Choose one. Like, it's real pushy and, like, obviously suspicious. Like, if you say, you want something to drink? Nah, you cool? Okay. But not like, I wish for you to right. have a drink. You're going to have this drink. Please like, have a drink. Maybe I'm not thirsty. Maybe I have to go to the bathroom. And, like, you know, I'd rather just, like, <laughs> maybe I don't have to ask. You know? Um, maybe fine. Not. Tea then, said Harry. She got up and made quite a performance of adding milk with her back to him. So, like, you're not, if you're going to, like, put Barrett serum in somebody's drink, which is what she's doing, or what she thinks she's doing, um, because I actually don't think she has real Barrett serum, which is, haha, jokes on her. Um, but if you're going <laughs> to do that, be more stealth about it. Be slick it. about it. Like, I mean, granted, she doesn't really have to, because Harry doesn't pick up that something's going on until um, she gives him the drink, and... Um, it's still pushy, like, you're not drinking up. And he raises the cup to his lips, and he doesn't, like, in his head, it doesn't click, like, this is weird, until she sees one of the kittens who has blue eyes, just like Mad-Eye Moody's magical one, and then he's like, Mad-Eye would be hella mad at me if he heard that I had drank anything offered by a known enemy. He's like, I know better than this. But it took him, it, it, he was almost about to drink it. I, I truly believe. Give me my wand, Tom. I truly believe that he was, like, gonna do it, even though he didn't want to. And then he was like, what would Mad-Eye do? Mad-Eye would throw the drink at Umbridge, but, you know, let's, we can dial it back a little bit. Was there team merch coming near you? What would Mad-Eye do? Right now. <laughs> right now. That's funny. Yes, I am. That's hilarious. What's the matter, said Umbridge. Do you want sugar? No, said Harry. He raised the cup again and pretended to take a sip, and then Umbridge's smile widened. Good. Very good. Now then, where is Albus Dumbledore? Like, she so thinks. One, she thinks it's working. Second of all, like, you can't use Veritaserum on children. It's a highly controlled substance. I'm just... Listen. Listen. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda, um, you keep putting logic and morals into places where they obviously don't belong or exist. Futile endeavor. Like, Dean will not be made prefect 23 years ago. Umbridge is not going to find a moral compass 23 years ago. She's the worst. No idea, said Harry. Drink up, drink up, she said. Now, Potter, let's, let us not play childish games. I know that you know where he has gone. You and Dumbledore have been in this together from the beginning. Consider your position, Mr. Potter. I don't know where he is. Harry pretended to drink again. Very well, this she said, true. looking displeased. 
In that case, you will kindly tell me the whereabouts of Sirius Black, which was a swerve. Like that was, that came out of nowhere. She'd been waiting on that one. Like what? Terrible people do terrible things. And that's how they get the moniker of being terrible people. Hope I explained that to you well. No, I know that. I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I mean, obviously she's ter- terrible. I'm just talking about her interrogation skills are also lacking. Oh, yeah. Like, she's incompetent. It was the, it was the, it was the swerve. Like, she didn't even, there was no buildup. There's no, like, nothing. Like, Amani says, not even leading up to it, she's clearly no Olivia Pope. Like, because you gotta, like, but not, like, even with the very serum, she's just too, she's just mad confident, is what it is. Um, and, yeah. Um, so I don't know, said Harry a little too quickly. Mr. Potter said, Umbridge, let me remind you that it was I who, um, who almost caught the criminal black in the Gryffindor fire in October. I know perfectly well that it was you he was meeting. And if I had any proof, neither of you would be at large today. I promise you, I repeat, Mr. Potter, where is Sirius Black? Two things. Um, one, both of them are at large. One of them is, you know, not factually, but like in the general society. <laughs> like brain like he's a notorious mass murderer he killed 13 people and blew up a street the second one is a 15 year old boy who is saying that he saw a dark lord come back one of those things not like the other i feel like at large is quite like what is what has harry done that's breaking, also, breaking any like, laws I, i'm not like I'm, I'm not at large i'm right here i'm hi i'm right i'm in, in school I'm a student <laughs> at a school. I'm chilling. I'm trying to mind my business. I'm trying to, you know, compare you for what's to come. But if you don't want to receive the word, then okay, sure, whatever. Um, second of all, it's weird that, like, she would assume that serious, like, again, public, public serious, notorious mass murderer serious, like, mm-hmm. would be in the Gryffindor fire to talk to Harry versus in the Gryffindor fire to maybe like attack Harry. Yeah, I was wondering about that if um maybe Dumbledore tried to like give some evidence on Sirius's behalf or tried to like change the tide about Sirius. And that's why they think they're in cahoots cuz like there's no other like why else would you think that they're in cahoots? Right. It doesn't it like doesn't make sense based on the like I'm sure what Fudge, I mean, Fudge does remember, like, Harry was really adamant about Sirius being um, innocent. innocent, but I thought that they had, like, agreed that, um, I thought they'd agreed that, um, that he was just kind of, like, out of it, or, like, he'd been, like, confunded or something, mm-hmm. and either way, it just wouldn't really make sense that then Harry would be, I mean, that is what he's doing, but I mean, like, for their, for, from their knowledge and, like, standpoint, it wouldn't make sense that, like, they'd be talking to each other. At least, I don't think. Um, so maybe they know more than we think they do. I promise you, I, re- uh, I repeat, Mr. Potter, where is Sirius Black? No idea. Haven't got a clue. Um, then she stood and decides now is the time for her monologue about how bad of a, bil- a villain she is, or how good of a villain she is. Whatever. Same thing. Very well, Potter. I will take your word for it this time, but be warned. The might of the ministry stands behind me. 
all channels of communication in and out of the school are being monitored. A flu network regulator is keeping watch over every fire in Hogwarts, except my own, of course. My inquisitorial squad is opening and reading all our posts, owl posts, entering and leaving the castle. And Mr. Filch is observing all secret passages in and out of the castle. If I find a shred of evidence, like, what? Like, why are you telling him all these things? I feel like it'd be much better if you just leave it and then he gets caught and then boom, you got some shit on Harry Potter. But instead, you're like, don't go, like, just stay away from the passages. Don't send any mail. Okay. And don't play with the fires. And he's like, cool, I won't do that then. Right. Except my own. Why would you even put that your fireplace is the one that's not being regulated? None of these things are smart. Well, plot. For plot. For one. Not smart. Also, but like, how does, two. how does the Inquisitorial Squad She's have time to the go through? The, the, how does the Inquisitorial uh, Squad have time to be looking through people's mail and also get their homework done and go to class and, you know, live their lives they as don't. students? I just have a lot of questions. They don't, but I think citizen has in educational rigor been a priority at Hogwarts. New with this head headmistress. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Anyway, she's she's um interrupted from going further. So I'm sure she was going to give her even more of her evil plan. But there was an explosion. I and wanted to sorry. Portia said in the chat room though. Um, it shows how bad the ministry's intel is that they're going to Harry for info. Right. Um, and that um, and could at least find out that occupancy is his weakness and legitimates to like actually get there. I mean, they yeah. were banking on Snape's hatred of Harry and like his wanting to keep his nose down as well. Um, to give them good veritas serum. Right. But they have no leads. Mm-mm. Oh, I mean, the head of the Aura's office that they've tasked to give them leads is in cahoots of Dumbledore, and they don't even know that. They don't yeah. even know that they have a mole. Nope. Or two or three. Or like 50. Um, <laughs> so the very floor of the office shook. Umbridge slipped sideways, touching her desk for support. What was she was gazing toward the door? Um, Harry took the opportunity to empty his almost full cup of tea into the nearest vase of dried flowers. He could hear people running and screaming several floors below. Back to lunch with Dee Potter, she cried, um, raising her wand and dashing out of the office. Harry gave her a few seconds start and then hurried after her to see what the source of all the uproar was because he be nosing. He be nosing all the time. Um, this is just the first example for this chapter alone. Um, I was like, I thought you were going to pick this book. I was like, did oh, we already establish no, early in this not for the book. No, it's been well established <laughs> that this is just who he is. Um, this is his life. So, yeah. Um, so they go one floor down. Somebody, and Harry had a very shrewd idea who, had set off what seemed to be an, enorm- an enormous crate of enchanted fireworks. Dragons comprised entirely of green and gold sparks were soaring up and down the corridors, emitting loud, fiery blasts and bangs as they went. Shocking pink aphrodisiacs. So, wait, 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 before you keep going. Um, we were at California Adventure and we were watching like the wonderful world of lights or whatever. And during the Mulan part, there was a lot of fire. You do know that and, this is a story that's been light. told at least two times on and this podcast, right? It makes me so happy. But and I then by out of it. 
twice. I love dragons. <laughs> and I just imagine Bayana the Hogwarts <laughs> coming out of the Great Hall and being like, I love dragons. <laughs> I do. I do indeed. I'm like, wow. It's never not old. It's always a good story. Okay, I mean, I'm just saying, someone has to be busy. Has been doing this. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. It's been a while. Um. So shocking pink Catherine wheels, five feet in diameter, were whizzing lethally through the air like so many flying saucers. Rockets with long with long tails of brilliant silver stars were ricocheting off the walls. Sparklers were writing swear words in midair on their of their own accord. Firecrackers were exploding like mines everywhere Harry looked, and instead of burning themselves out fading from sight or fizzling to a halt, these pyrotechnical miracles seem to be gaining in energy and momentum the longer you watch. Um, this is ten times better than whatever the fuck happened during OWLs in the movie. During OWLs. Fred and George they had fire. like they don't they don't yeah. get like they like got away with the first one, right? So they're like yeah. building up to the main event in this. They um aren't interrupting students like really valuable exam taking time and they actually get like a moment to make a grand speech and to like stick it to umbrage instead of just flying away so all these things and but I'm, like also like one of the best grand opening announcements like, and the I would best go to that chapter of the entire series, and they said, you know what, we're just going to leave it on this. Let's do that. Yep. Yep. So, Filch and Umbridge were standing, apparently transfixed with horror, halfway down the stairs. Um, hurry, Filch, hurry, streaked Umbridge. They'll be all over the school unless we do something. Stupefy. Um... So she tried to stun one of the rockets, and instead of freezing in midair, it exploded with such force that it blasted a hole in a painting of a soppy-looking witch in the middle of a meadow. She ran for it just in time. Is she dead? Read. She ran for it just in time, reappearing seconds later, squashed into the painting next door, where a couple of wizards playing cards stood up hastily to make room for her. Don't stun them, Filch, she shouted. Uh, Umbridge shouted angrily. Um... For all the world, as though it had been his suggestion. Right, you are headmistress, um, Weast Filch, who obviously could not have stunned anything. So there's that. Um, and, I, and he, I wonder what what is the like. I don't know. I always and maybe this is just the movies, but I always saw that stupefy as not like a a nice like you don't get stunned like quiet you know it's not like you freeze what is the one where they like stop like locomotor or whatever locomotor locomotor mortis yeah and like the stunning yeah petrificus totalis like stunning always seemed to like make a big like you know crash like you start a person yeah but it's not but it would still stop it right it wouldn't explode like, I think, like, the, what he, like, I think she's okay. expecting it to stop. Like, it maybe it would, like, run into something, but it would stop, not, like, get bigger. I think. Um, Laurel says, looks like but a better knowledge of counter jinxes might be helpful here. Just gonna go ahead and Ooh. sip some water. 
my uh, umbrella because it's I feel feel like I, I need some shade. Mm -hmm. I think she was sharing the umbrella with you. And you're like, oh, thank oh, you. Okay, I get it. It was hot, you know. What I mean, thank you. Cool. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Enjoying this mm -hmm. coverage. Mm -hmm. Um. So Filch pulls out a broom and begins to swat at the fireworks with seconds. Within seconds, the head of the broom was ablaze. Um, Harry had seen enough. He ducked um, into, he, well, he ran to a door that was concealed behind a tapestry and found Fred and George hiding just behind it. Impressive, he said. Very impressive. You'll put Dr. Filibuster out of business. No problem. Cheers, whispered George. Oh, I hope she tries vanishing next. They multiply by 10 every time you try. And the fireworks continue to burn and spread all over the school that afternoon. Though they caused plenty of disruption, particularly the firecrackers, the other students did not seem to mind them very much. Dear, dear, said Professor McGonagall sardonically, Miss Brown, would you mind running along to the headmistress and informing her that we have an escaped firework in our classroom? Okay. <laughs> um, and so Umbridge spent her first afternoon as headmistress running all over the school answering the summonses of other teachers none of whom seemed to be able to rid their rooms of fireworks without her. Um, professor Flitwick says, thank you so much, Professor. I could have got of, gotten rid of the sparklers myself, of course, but I wasn't sure whether I had the authority. Oof, I just, I, it's... Magnificent. Just, just like, Excellent. Delicioso. It's, it's, yeah. It's wonderful. I, and also the italicized authority. I know. This little, you just like see him like squeaking this little, little dude just squeaking. I hmm, wasn't sure. Thanks. And then he closes the, class, the classroom door in her Beaming. snarling face. He said, <laughs> Beaming. And, and that's it. Thank I you, appreciate Thank you so much for helping. So for your service. Thank Bye. You, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Got it. Bye. Gotta get back to my class now. Mm -hmm. Back to teaching. Fred and George were heroes that night in the Gryffindor common room. Even Hermione fought her way through the excited crowd to congratulate them. Um, they were wonderful fireworks, she said. Thanks, said George, looking both surprised and pleased. Weasley's wildfire whiz bangs. Only thing is we used our whole stock, so now we've got to start from scratch. It was worth it, though, said Fred. If you want to add your name to the waiting list, Hermione, it's five gallons, gallons for your basic blaze box and 24 deflagration deluxe hermione They're naming it's on point as well is um hermione says uh to ron and carrie after um why don't we have the night off after all easter holidays start on friday we'll have plenty of time then um are you feeling all right ron asks now that you mention it do you know i'm feeling a bit rebellious because she's just like dumb again she's like ernie except like i think she has a more positive outlook she's like the prefect system has been undermined so what the fuck What's the, what's the point? What's the point? Let's chill. Not as well. If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. I don't think she's going to join them, but she's like, hey, not my problem. Yeah. Gonna mind my Let business. the Inquisitorial okay. Squad handle this one. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm gonna do I, don't, I wasn't sure if I had the authority. As a mudblood to do anything. Yeah. Well, as um, a, I was going to say as a prefect. Well, I'm, well, you said Inquisitorial Squad as well, and so I was just like, Malfoy. He right, because no. right, she did get points taken away for being in my blood. Yep. Karma. So Harry goes upstairs and falls asleep. 
and immediately ends up in the Department of Mysteries again. Um, and the door opens, and he's like, ooh, open again. Like, he's just very excited, and he wants to see what's going on, because he knows him. Um, and so he ends up in a dimly lit room as high and wide as a church full of nothing but rows and rows of towering shelves, each laden with small, dusty, spun glass spheres. Um, his heart was beating fast with excitement. He knew where to go. He ran forward, but his footsteps made no noise in the enormous deserted, uh, deserted room. Um, there was something in this room he wanted very much, something he wanted or somebody else wanted. His scar was hurting. Bang. Harry awoke, instantly confused and angry. Um, cool, said Seamus. I think one of those Catherine Wills hit a rocket and it's like they made it. Come and see. So Ron and Deegan scramble out of bed to go look, but Harry stays in his, um, in his bed, salty because he'd gotten so close that time when really he should be salty because he shouldn't be seeing the goddamn thing in the first place and should be practicing his mind. Like, it's upsetting me and my homegirl right now is what's happening. Like, practice the goddamn occupancy, please. Why are we even here if you're not going to do that? If you can't practice your occupancy, what the hell can we do? What are we going to do? Lord, give me the confidence of a mediocre white wizard. I just don't understand, like, why, especially the after the whole thing with Dumbledore, like, and like, you know, as much as he could be upset at Dumbledore, rightly, for like, not really giving him um, information on stuff, but like, he said very specifically, like, he made a point before he left yeah. to say, Harry, practice Aquamancy. Like, it's very important that he practice Aquamancy. And yeah. that went in one ear, out the other. And he just completely forgot about it. And it's like, dude. Dude. I have nothing else to say because you said it all. Ridiculous. Um, so, Harry spent the whole of the next day dreading what Snape was going to say if he found out how much farther he got into the, into the Department of Mysteries. Um, which, at this not point... Not spending the whole other day dreading the fact that he did not do the occlumency and got that much further. Like... His priorities. I'm just really frustrated. Um, he, real he also realized he hadn't practiced occlumency once since their last lesson. There had been too much going on since Dumbledore had left. Again, Dumbledore told him specifically to practice occlumency. Like, very specifically. And he said, mm-hmm, sure. Okay. Like, I don't think he's as concerned with the fact that every time he touches Dumbledore, he wants to bite him. Or, like, you know? Like, I just don't think that he's really understanding. Yeah. Like, I think that he's like, wow, that's weird. And that's a little scary in the moment. And he's like, it's nothing. It's fine. But everyone else is like, nah, fam. We need to talk about this. Whoa. He might have ADD. Mm -hmm. Harry Potter might be suffering from ADD. It's possible. Because he knows it's important in the moment. And then squirrel. <laughs> or in this case, fireworks. But then or it's whatever. Like, I don't know. I think that I think that's possible, but I also find that like he makes the time for things that he finds important, right? Like, he's all in to what's going on with the Order. He can't get that out of his mind. It has nothing to do with him. 
you know what I mean? Like, it's always stuff that, like, like, half of it is, like, okay, yeah, that was wild, and, like, you, yeah, sure, you were distracted by it, but then he distracts himself further with things that have nothing to do with him, or he just is, like, I don't know, I think it's, like, partially that, but also his priorities, right? Yeah, but that's, like, that's an ADD thing, like, you can't control what you want to focus on, like, even when you're, like, okay, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna focus on this thing, like, it's not that you, your brain hops back and forth and back and forth, though it, it can do that as well, but it also will be, like, I am going to focus on occrumency. I wonder how Cornish pixies work. And then you spend however much time reading about Cornish pixies or whatever. And then mm-hmm. five hours later, you're like, what was I supposed to be doing? I know a lot about Cornish pixies, but I feel like I was supposed to do something. Oh, well, it'll come back to me. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, I'm not, I'm not diagnosing armchair diagnosing but yeah i mean i think that it is like something to think about right yeah just because it doesn't seem like like the way that he's saying it he feels shame about um how far he's gotten or that he had not practiced out like he realized with the surge of guilt he realized that he had not practiced occlumency once since their last lesson. And so it doesn't seem like he is consciously not practicing occlumency. Um, and he does feel bad about the fact once he realizes it. But then... But it's not really for the right lesson, reasons. You know what I mean? Because like, I think... But he's 15. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Obviously. I mean, yeah. Yes. Um, but I think like he's mad because, or he's like feels bad about it because I was like, well, great, now Snape is going to be like all in my thoughts, which I also just feel like if that's not good enough motivation, like forget Voldemort, I kind of get it right, like it's very distant and like far away and whatever. Um, as much as you're trying to like convince everyone else that Voldemort's back, he's still not in your everyday life, so it's not like really present. But Snape, like every week, is going through your mind, and you're like, I don't know. It wasn't enough motivation for him. That's okay. Yeah, but so, like, so It'd the ADD symptoms in teens or in, um, have trouble staying focused, easily distracted, and gets bored with a task before it's completed. Appear not to listen when spoken to, have difficulty remembering things and following instructions. Don't pay attention to details and make careless mistakes. And so it's like, a lot of it kind of goes into that. Like, So, like, children with ADHD are often able to concentrate on activities they enjoy, but no matter how hard they try, they have trouble maintaining focus when the task at hand is boring or repetitive or they don't want to do it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, like, I'm just thinking about, like, how impulsive he is. Like, I just, Harry Potter has ADHD. Wow. <laughs> the world. New discoveries. Me and you, Harry. Every day. I get the fields. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, um, so he attended a, like some last minute practice. No, it wasn't your fault. I just lost the spot. Um, 
He attempted some last minute practices during class, but that was no good because Hermione kept asking him what was wrong when he fell silent trying to rid himself of all thought and emotion. And the best moments in P's brain was not while teachers were firing review questions at the class. Like, mm, sorry, I was practicing remedial potions in my head. <laughs> so, so on his way to Snape's office, resigned to the worst, he got stopped by Cho. Um, and so he asked Cho if she was okay, asking if Umbridge, saying, Umbridge hasn't been asking you about the DA, has she? Oh, no, said Cho. No, it was only, well, I just wanted to say, Harry, I never dreamed Marietta would tell. Yeah, well, said Harry. Um, he felt that Cho might have done, might have chosen her friends a bit more carefully. Um, and it was small consolation that last he heard Marietta was still in the hospital wing and Madame Pomfrey had not been able to make the slightest improvement on her pimples, which is awful and like really vindictive. Like, Super vindictive, but they're, they're 15. Like, I mean, I get being upset at Marietta still, right? Because this only just happened like a week ago. So like, I'm not upset at him being mad at her still because i would still be upset but like but like feeling like ha yeah she has this permanent thing like that's kind of yeah trash um she's a lovely person really said cho she just made a mistake harry looked at her incredulously a lovely person who made a mistake she sold us all out including you well we all got away didn't we you know her mom works at the ministry it's really difficult for her Ron's dad works in the ministry too, and in case you hadn't noticed, he hasn't got sneak written across his face. That was a really horrible trick of Hermione Granger, said Cho. She should have told us she jinxed that list, which is true. I think it was a brilliant idea, said Harry coldly. Oh yes, I forgot. Of course, if it was darling Hermione's idea. It's like, don't start crying again, said Harry. I wasn't going to. Yeah, well, good. I've got enough to cope with at the moment. Go and cope with it then, uh, she said furiously and then stalked off. Telling that men to cope with Teen at the moment? Teenagers that men to cope with. Teenagers are the worst. Because like most of the time I'm in this argument, I'm like on Cho's side. But also like the whole darling Hermione thing, I'm like, really, you still think that Harry wants Hermione? Like that was still in your girl, please. <laughs> I need you to chill. Like But they did the whole year hearing about and they know that the Daily Prophet they now know that the Daily Prophet is trash, but you have to unlearn all that stuff. Okay, but she spent that whole year about dating the love triangle. Like she had her own relationship. She is. She is also a, a teenager. Child. That's what I'm saying. I don't they're know. both. They're both terrible. I'm not saying Dumb. that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that mostly in this argument, Cho is right. That doesn't stop her from being a little bit ridiculous. It's both and intersection. Um, it's not what that word means. Both and. <laughs> I have to go get um the thing to make sure that my laptop doesn't die, but keep reading and I'll hop back in. Um, fuming Harry descended the stairs to Snape's dungeon, and though he knew from experience how much easier it would be for Snape to penetrate his mind if he arrived angry and resentful, he succeeded in nothing but thinking about a few more good things he should have said to Cho about Marietta before reaching the dungeon door. You're late, Potter, said Snape coldly. Uh, he was standing with his back to Harry, removing, as usual, certain of his thoughts um, and placing them carefully in Dumbledore's pensy. He dropped the last silvery strand into the stone basin and turned to face Harry. So, he said, have you been practicing? Yes, Harry lied. Um, I don't know why he lies about practicing, because, as Snape says, we'll, we shall soon find out. Like, 
he he's gonna know quickly so there's no reason you should be like nah fam i really didn't i'm sorry like i don't get lying when you're gonna be found out in two seconds um because he he uh he thinks that he's not really lying because he did actually practice and he wants to keep his um His, he wants to say face. I don't know how. I don't know how either, but he tried. He's fine. Um. So wand out, Potter. Harry moves to his usual position, facing Snape with the desk between them. Um. On the count of three, then said Snape, one, two. Um. His office door bangs open, and Malfoy sped in. Professor Snape, sir. Oh, sorry. Um, it's all right, Draco, said Snape. Potter's here for a little remedial potions. Of course. Couldn't wait. Couldn't wait to say Couldn't something. Couldn't wait. Um, I didn't know, said Harry. I'm, I'm sorry, said Draco, leering at Harry, who knew his face was burning. Um, well, Draco, what is it? It's Professor Umbridge, sir, who needs your help. They found Montague. Montague. He's turned up jammed inside a toilet on the fourth floor. How did he get in there? I don't know, sir. He's a bit confused. Very well, very well, Potter. Shall we resume this lesson? We shall resume this lesson tomorrow evening instead. He turned and slept from the office. Malfoy mouthed remedial potions behind uh, at Harry behind Snape's back before following him. Seething, Harry replaced his wand inside his robes and made to leave the room. He continued his and way yes. out, of, out of the dungeons, went up to Gryffindor Tower, did his homework, went to sleep, and that's the end of the chapter. Next week on Harry Potter. And the Ivy knows him. <laughs> Next week on Harry Potter and the continuous nosing. Yeah. So in so in in the actual universe, in a parallel universe, that's what happens. But in this one, um, he notices the pensieve. He looks at it, reminded of something. And then he remembered. It was like the lights he had seen in his dream last night, the lights in the second room he had walked through on his journey through the Department of Mysteries. He turned around. The light was coming from the pencil sitting on Snape's desk. He gazed at it, curiosity welling inside him. What was it that Snape was so keen to hide from Harry? It's none of your business because they are his memories and he doesn't want you to see them none of your business it literally has nothing to do with you you have me defending severus snape lord help me so could it possibly be information about the department of mysteries the snape was determined to keep from him he looked over his shoulder his heart now pumping harder and faster than ever how long would it take snape to release montague from the toilet will he come straight back to his office or accompany montague to the hospital wing Surely the latter. Montague was captain of Slytherin of the Slytherin Quidditch team. Snape would want to make sure he was all right. Um, Harry walked the few remaining feet to the pensieve and stood over it, gazing into its depths. He hesitated, listening, then pulled out his wand again. The office and the corridor beyond were completely silent. He gave the contents of the pensieve a small prod with the end of his wand. He leaned forward over it and he saw it that it had become transparent. Um, and he saw that he was looking down upon the great hall. His breath was actually fogging the surface of Snape's thoughts. His brain seemed to be in limbo. It would be insane to do the thing that he was so strongly tempted to do. He was trembling. Snape could be back at any moment. But Harry thought of Cho's anger, of Malfoy's jeering face, and a reckless daring seized him. I don't 
don't see the correlation so, you know what at I was all. I don't. So you know what I was wondering is, for the first time, I'm wondering this too. And I don't know how strong it is. I feel like it's probably more of a like 80-20 thing. Like 80% of this is Harry. 20% of this might be that Voldemort is delving into um, Harry's mind and would be interested in seeing what Snape would put in a pensieve. Um, because he is who he is and he's like, I think he he trusts his ability to read Snape's mind, but is always like, well, let's see what he would, you know what I mean? I mean, I what think that would be possible, him. but I also think that we tend to get um, hints when those things are happening, when the connection is mm-hmm. happening, like a twinge of a scar, or like he's feeling uncomfortable, or he's feeling like emotions that aren't tied to his own, whatever. And so I think that yeah. if that had been the case, then we would have gotten some kind of hint that that was the case. Um, especially because if Harry then found out later that that was what was happening, he would use that as an excuse, right? Um, so I think this is all him. Um, and he takes a great gulp of breath and plunges his face into the surface of Snape's thoughts. Jesus Christ. Plunges his face. Like, okay, so we were talking back in the Pensieve chapter um, of Goblet of Fire, and we were, like, yelling at Harry for plunging his face into the surface of Dumbledore's thoughts. But he didn't know that that's what he was doing. Like, obviously, he was not minding his business, and he was just sticking his face into things that had nothing to do with him, and that weren't his at all. He was just sticking his face into holes. Um, Putting his full face in other people's business. Like, entire face. And so... But again, he didn't have, like, all the information. He didn't know what it was. He was like, ooh, pretty lights or whatever. Um, but this time he knows specifically what he's doing. Like, he knows what a pensive is. He yeah. knows that, like, these are Snape's thoughts. He knows whose thoughts they are in memory. And he's just like, okay. And, and, and as he's doing this, he's... Snape obviously put those there because they're about to have occlumency lessons and he doesn't want them to be seen. And I think Snape has a right to do that. Yes. Like, just, I don't... Portia says, if you want to avoid Snape's greasy hair, why are you hopping into his greasy thoughts? <laughs> All of these questions. They're just the greasy thoughts. Greasy. His thoughts are greasy. Questions. I know. I know. Robin is at a loss for words. This is what's happening. Because he can't figure it. I'm at a loss. Yeah. I just I'm 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 upset. I'm not understanding why this is a thing that he thought was a good idea. And like not only thought was a good idea, like part of him was like, Maybe I shouldn't do this and the other part was him was like, fuck it, let's just do it. let's just jump head first into do my response. Like into my professor's we'll memory. Like, he has no sense of boundaries. But I do think, so this part where he says, um, his brain seemed to be in limbo. It would be insane to do the thing that he so he was so strongly tempted to do. Um, but Harry thought of Cho's anger and Malfoy's jeering face and a reckless daring seized him. I think that's, like, another um, Harry's got ADD. He's impulsive as fuck. Like, there was, <laughs> was the most impulsive thing. 
But it wasn't though, because his by the time the daring seized him, his face was already fogging <laughs> parts of the pit. Like he had so many moments. I don't know. I'm 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 imagining it was like um I really shouldn't be doing this <laughs> type of situation. But he just needs he needs Um Portia says his dislike for uh, Snape overtook his moral grounding. But see, Where that's not is what cheating? It is. No, I'm sorry. Cheating that's... is to teach a class on on magical ethics. Can we? I'm so, yes, but also, I mean, sure. Also, though, it's not just the moral because for, this isn't the first time this has happened. He did it with Dumbledore. He did it with Filch. Yeah, he literally read Filch's mail. It was just on Filch's desk, and he said, "Hmm, let me open this envelope and pull out this scroll and read this dude's mail." And like, what? Like, it's not like I don't, I don't get it. And at those times, he wasn't angry. He didn't have a reckless daring that seized him. He was just saw something that had nothing to do with him, and was like, "I'm gonna stick my nose in it. Why not?" I'm, I'm, dis- I'm disgusted. <laughs> I'm not only disappointed, I'm disgusted. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let me do a pen seat. <laughs> so he's there, he, he made it. And he's in the middle of the Great Hall, um, where instead of the four house tables, there are a hundred smaller tables all facing the same way. Um, at each of which sat a student, head bent low, scrub, uh, scribbling on a roll of parchment. It was clearly exam time. Um, Carrie looks around for Snape um, and sees that he's in the table right behind him. Snape, the teenager, had a stringy, pallid look about him, like a plant kept in the dark. His hair was lanky and greasy and was flopping on the table, his hook nose barely a half inch from the, sur- the surface of the parchment as he scribbled. Um, Harry moved to see what like exam Snape was working on and it was the defense against the dark arts, ordinary wizarding level. Um, so I do think it is interesting for Harry to kind of see Snape and, you know, the other people we're going to see at his age. I think it, mm-hmm. while it does end up like making him feel really conflicted, it does um, give him a little bit of perspective in some ways, um, despite the fact that he shouldn't be here at all in any situation or anything. So, I also think it's worth noting that Snape at 15 was 20 plus years ago. And he's, I get like, I kind of get, so um, like when you graduated high school, like in that like week or whatever, I, I think more about like when I graduated high school or, you know what I mean? Like the OWLs are happening, so he's thinking about, like, his OWL year, plus he's has, like, occlumency and, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I kind of get that, but it was 20-something years ago. Well, when Have we you talk seen about his... talk commercials? Like, they're, like, well, the, no, 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 the no. texting, so, therapy texting thing. So I think, you know, this is Snape's worst memory, the right? Um, but, and we don't find out why it's his worst memory until we get to words deathly hollows um 
because all that Harry sees here is not like we see, he sees part of the reason why it's his worst memory, but not all of the reason. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, also have a bone to pick with this. Let's go into it. Let's you have a bone to pick with what? Memory for me to, with this memory. But oh, I have a bone. We have to go through the memory Absolutely. for me to. Yeah, same. But I'm just saying, like in terms of just contextually, like we don't actually get to see, which I think is content aside. I think that that uh, like it's a, a interesting and like effective narrative device. So you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a not a bait and switch, but it's like you think that you're getting something, or like you think you're getting what you're meant to be getting, but you you don't actually get like the full context and story behind it until later yeah um so it like changes your thinking around it i think which is cool um anyway uh i can't really get to this indeed so um five more minutes the voice made harry jump turning he saw the top of, of professor flitwick's head moving between desks a short distance away um flitwick was walk- was walking past a boy with untidy black hair very untidy black hair. Harry moved so quickly that he, that had he been solid, he would have knocked desks flying. Instead, he seemed to slide dreamlike across the two aisles and up a third. The back of the black-haired boy's head drew nearer and nearer. He was straightening up now, putting his quill down, pulling his roll of parchment toward him so as to re- reread what he had written. Harry stopped in front of the desk and, ga- and gazed down at his 15-year-old father. Excitement exploded in the pit of his stomach. Um, James's eyes were hazel. His nose was slightly longer than Harry's, but there was and there was no scar on his forehead. They had the same thin face, same mouth, same eyebrows. James' hair stuck out in the back exactly as Harry's did. Um, his hands could have been Harry's, and Harry could tell that when James stood up, they would have been within, within an inch of each other's height. Um, Jane, uh, James, I have a thing uh-huh. about this that like so my brother and my dad are clones like my brother wasn't born of natural means he was <laughs> he was incubated in a lab of some sort and when sure. the, re- the robot apocalypse come they're gonna just like turn on something because anyway he looks so much like my dad and there's like a there's a picture of my dad playing basketball in high school, and the only way that you know it's my dad is because he's rocking a huge afro, short shorts, and it's in black and white. Um, <laughs> there's also another picture of you, and like when you ask Aminata who that is, she goes, "Me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then I told her well, it was me, and she said, "It could be both of us." And I was like, <laughs> "No, but okay, sure." Um. But there are like it's it's a it's a, a marvel of genetics or something when family members like so closely resemble each other like that. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know this for sure because like there would be times of like even now to this day, like my brother and my dad will be sitting next to each other, like on the couch or whatever, especially when, usually when we're watching basketball or something, and they'll like yawn at the same time or like move in the same way and it's creepy and I feel the need to be like stop that shit (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's like a fascinating like creepiness 
And so I'm wondering, like, Carrie, you know, we talked about, like, oh, no, different podcast. Um, what it, Carrie has so much, um, interest in, like, his father and his, his mother, his parents, because he's never about them, and, there's, and he doesn't have stories about them or pictures, or he doesn't really, like, know their story, and so mm-hmm. they're very, they're these very large presence, presence, they're, they are a very large presence in his life, mm-hmm. very, very curious about. And I'm just thinking about how powerful it would be to stare into the face of someone you haven't met at the same age and see all of those similarities. Yeah. And, like, how much more that reinforces, like, his desire to be like his father or his, like, how proud he is because it's, like, it's that nature versus nurture thing that I think also is, like, I am, like, my father no matter what the Dursleys have done to me or how long I've been with the Dursleys. Like, I am, like, my parents' child. And so, yeah. Genetics, man. They're weird. Magical. Um, if that's not evidence of magical, you know what I mean? They they should have taken genetics and been, like, statute of secrecy. Finding your withered roots. Um, James yawned hugely and rumpled his hair, making it even messier than it had been. Um, then with a glance at Professor Flitwick, he turned in his seat and grinned at a boy sitting four seats behind him. With another shock of excitement, Harry saw Sirius give James a thumbs up. Um, he was very good looking. His dark hair fell in his eyes with a sort of casual elegance that neither James nor Harry could have ever achieved. And a girl sitting behind him was eyeing him hopefully, though he didn't seem to have noticed. Um, and two seats along from this... Sorry. So much fanfic. You wouldn't know because you only read one of them. By that. I read one that was probably sparked by this. It's called The Survivor. Sirius and Remus were lovers. I read two fanfics. Shut your mouth. There's this great fanfic written by Kim Lloyd in which Sirius goes on a date with Petunia. It's true. It's like a flashback, but still, I loved it. It's very good. Is very good. It's not like it disappeared. <laughs> um, in two seats along from this girl, um, Harry's stomach gave another pleasurable squirm, was Remus Lupin. He was looking rather pale and geeky. Was the full moon approaching? And absorbed in the exam. Um, so that meant Wormtail had to be around here too. And sure enough, Harry spotted him within seconds, a small, mousy-haired boy with a pointed nose. Wormtail looked anxious. He was chewing his fingernails, staring at the paper, scuffing the ground with his toes. Um, there's still a thing about the fact that the books just call him Wormtail. Yeah. It's still, like, it bothers me, and not in a, like, it's a problem, not, I don't know, not in, like, a, it's a problem and it shouldn't happen, but more in a, like, I wish there was an explanation for why, for why, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's strange. Especially because it's like James, Sirius, Remus, and Wormtail. Yeah. I mean, I think he forfeited, and and the way I see it, or imagine it, is that once he like, came back 
he forfeited his right to Peter. Peter was a marauder. Peter was no worm, but Wormtail was his marauder name though, so that doesn't true. work. I don't know, man. Everyone calls him Wormtail. Like Voldemort calls him Wormtail. I'm like, were you a marauder? And we just didn't know. I'm confused. I don't know, man. I don't know either. It's okay. It's like not a big deal, but it's just always just like one of those random questions that I always have. Um. So. Uh, James is tracing the letters L E, um, into a bit, a bit of scrap parchment. Um, quills down, please. Or Harry's like, what is the, what do those stand for? Um, which I'm curious if he like it makes sense. Um, it makes sense that he wouldn't know off top like what L E means. But I'm also curious if he knows his mother's maiden name given that he lives with Aunt Petunia, but maybe not. Well, because she's Petunia Dursley. Yeah. But so I'm, I'm just wondering if, like... told the story of when I found out my grandmother's, like, name, and I was like, what? <laughs> what? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, close down, please, squeak Professor Flitwick. That means you two, Stebbins. Please remain seated, and I, I, while I collect your parchment, Accio, um, and the a hundred more than a hundred rolls of parchment zoomed into the air and into the flip, into Flitwick's outstretched arms, knocking him backward on his feet. Um, several people laughed, but a couple of students in the front got up and uh, helped Flitwick back up. Um, They're the worst. Thank you. Thank, well, at least some people helped. You know what I mean? Some people. But the worst. it was probably funny. Why do people follow us funny sometimes? As long as he's okay. Um, thank you. Thank you, Panda Flit- Flitwick. Very well, everybody. You're free to go. Um, so Harry tries to follow his father, but knows, like, the laws of memories and knows that he has to kind of like be by Snape. You know what I mean? Yep. Like he knows that like if Snape decides that he's gonna go in a different direction or not even decides like if he goes in a different direction because this is in the past um, then Harry's gonna be pulled in that direction um, because you know Snape doesn't know what happened with James and, and Sirius and then so, but they still are kind of like in the same vicinity, so it's easy to um, it's easy to like follow them both. Um, did you like question ten? Mooney Mooney asked Sirius. Loved it, said Lupin. Give five signs that identify a werewolf. Excellent question. Do you think you managed to get all the signs? Said James in tones of mock concern. Think I did, said Lupin seriously. One, he's sitting in my chair. Two, he's wearing my clothes. Three, his name's Remus Lupin. Wormtail was the only one who didn't laugh. I got the snout shape, the pupil of the eyes, and the tough tail, he said anxiously. But I couldn't think what else. How think? How thick are you, Wormtail? You run around with a werewolf once a month. Keep your voice down, employed Lupin. Um, Harry looked anxiously behind him again. Snape remained close by, still buried in his examination questions. Um, Snape be nosing. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm kind of curious if he's like really pouring into them or if he's like, following them. But maybe you know, not. Maybe he knows, 
Okay. I mean, he's pretending to be pouring over his stuff, but he's listening. That's probably why. Why could it be so clear for Harry to hear? True. Very true. Very, very true. Um, so, well, I thought that paper was a piece of cake, he heard Sirius say. I'll be surprised if I don't get an outstanding on it at least. Me too, said James. Who, um, he put his hand in his pocket and took out a struggling golden snitch. Where'd you get that? Nicked it, said James. He just had it in his pocket for the entire exam. He didn't it's get like a fidget spinner. Well, no, because he didn't have it out during the exam. It was just in his pocket. Yeah. Seems distracting. Um, James got ADD too. Well, that's... You need something. You need stimulation. That's, that's not what... And he play with... That's not what that is. Also, you can't... What, but it's like... I'm saying it's distracting him. If you have like a snitch in your pocket, you're just like zooming around and generally it's like trying to get free and you're writing... It's not like he had it. He's not like practicing with it or whatever while he's taking the exam. Also, no, I'm he's saying not a, so. This is another. Sorry, go ahead. ADD thing. It's like you, you need stimulation. Like that's why I always look like I'm not paying attention to people, but like I can't listen if I'm not doing something. So like I have like an actual fidget spinner somewhere, but I lost it. Proving my point. Anyway, it's got all of these different sides, and I can keep it in my pocket, and I can like stim, like I can like press the buttons or twirl the thing and like it keeps my like it keeps me like stimulated. I mean I know what I know I know what they do. I'm just saying that that's not why James has it in his pocket. No, but I'm but maybe like he's one of those people that needs to like move around you know what I mean? So it's flying in his pocket and it's helping him like it's helping him concentrate and not get distracted. It doesn't act. It seems like it would be a distraction, but it's actually not a distraction. Is what I'm saying. It's helping him. It's helping his like limbs be active while his brain is focusing. Okay. It to me seems like it would feel like there was a bird in your pocket, and that seems. Don't they fold the things usually? Um. Amani says that um, it makes him think that snitching might be sentient, and how do they feel about Quidditch? And Portia asks, how do they feel about being caught in a mouse? Yeah. And then being used as a plot device. <laughs> They're probably like, <laughs> the centaurs. <laughs> like, all another do with John Um, okay. Yep. So, uh, James starts to play with the snitch, allowing it to fly as much as a foot away and seizing it again. His reflexes were excellent. Wormtail watched him in awe. Um, they stopped in the shade at the very same beech tree on the edge of the lake where Harry, Ron, and Hermione had spent a Sunday finishing their homework. Um, which, sorry. Um, I think that part is like, you know, they could have just said a, a beech tree, or she could have just written a beech tree and it would have been like, okay, cool. But I think like make, connecting it to the present and like something that Harry's done, I think gives Harry another connection to his father and like, he knows that his parents went to Hogwarts, but now he like sees them walking the same grounds that he does. Like he sees them in the Great Hall, sees them walking down the corridors, sees them by the lake, and that kind of thing. Um, so then you just kind of like deepens that yeah. connection. Um, he looked over to his shoulder yet again and saw, to his delight, that Snape had settled himself on the grass in the dense shadows of a clump of bushes. So yeah, he's abs- he's literally 
behind no me in the bushes, Sam? For what? Try to be a spy. For what reason? Um, trying to do some dead drops, bruh. Nobody's gonna dead drop with you, bruh. <laughs> Not yet. Take some time. Um, so Lupin had pulled out a book and was reading. Sirius was staring around at the students, milling over the grass, looking rather haughty and bored. James was still playing with the snitch, letting it zoom farther and farther away, almost escaping, but almost, but always grabbing it the last second. Wormtail was watching him with his mouth open. Every time James made it particularly difficult, uh, catch Wormtail gasped and applauded. I'm going to need him to chill. Just a little bit. Um, and then... Yeah. Harry wonders why James doesn't tell Wormtail to get a grip on himself, but James seems to be enjoying the attention. Um, he noticed that his father had a habit of rumpling his hair up as though to make it sh- to make sure it didn't get too tidy, and that he kept looking over at the girls by the water's edge. Um, so he's showing off. So, like, he also needs to chill. Yeah. Like, Wormtail's not the yes. only one. But the I also... Need okay, this is, a, this is a good section for this. I also wonder how much stock we put into this because in Snape's mind, all James did was show off. Mm-hmm. So I don't, yes, and it's I don't very much that mm-hmm. in in the actuality of this memory, he was like, you know, catching the snitch and and showing off. But I wonder the extent to which he was. Yeah, you know what I and, mean? I, and I had a, how I had a note about this at the end of the memory. Um, mostly just because I couldn't figure out like the right place to put it, but it is important to remember mm-hmm. that this is a memory and not a time machine, um, and that it is possible yeah. and probable that wizards and witches have like that, like you know, pulling a memory out of your brain and like putting it in the pensieve. I'm sure it's as accurate as it can be right like i'm sure like some memories get muddled like probably when you take them out or how often you go back to visit them or something but they're still memories even if they're like even if you can see them with the clarity of like harry being able to bend over onto snape's desk and see that it's specifically the defense against the dark arts owl right or like mm-hmm. like falling over like you know those kind of things are like sitting under the beech tree and it's the same beach like just certain things that are like really specific um i think is probably um a part of them just being magical and like being able to either retain that or just like the magic of pulling out the memory is able to retain like some of those details. But this does feel slightly, um, words, exaggerate, not exaggerated is not the word I'm looking for, but it works. Um, cause you have like Wormtail gasping and applauding and like, he's a 15 year old boy and sure he's like, wow, James, that's lit. Hey, look at you. Like, hey, look at you. Hey, hey, nobody better. Like, gassing him up, sure. But being like, <gasps> every single time dude catches it, every time, he's just like, <sighs> especially because oh Wormtail sings, especially because Wormtail sings that he wants to fit in with them. Crap. I just sing. Um, cool. So he wants to fit in with them. He's going to try to play it cool. Like, he may not succeed. You know, um, he may not be the best at playing it, keeping it cool, and they may still see through him. But he is not. And Snape knows like, more about Wormtail now than he did then, and probably you know because he's spying on them, could like glean that right. from Wormtail without like Wormtail having to 
see like very visibly like I don't know yeah I think you can be giving James uh, attention and James liking that attention I think that's like sure but maybe not quite as much as it's showing yeah I yeah I I I do very much suspect that everything is exaggerated so like even the way that they're just talking about Renus, like Snape is close enough that he can hear um, them say, like, what did what did he say? <coughs> I think I did take Renus seriously. One, he's sitting in my chair. Two, he's wearing my clothes. Three, his name is Remus Lupin. Um, How thick are you, said James. You run around with a werewolf once a month. Like, they were not that loose in the hallway right like harry is literally standing in between like he's in the middle of like this group of girls passing by and if they're saying it that loud i mean granted those girls might not be paying attention but still like right and like remus from what we know about remus right so we don't know about james whatever but remus isn't gonna be like He's me. His name's Remus Lupin. Like, I mean, I think Remus would make that joke. I absolutely think Remus would make that joke at 15 with his friends. Quietly. Yeah. In the common room or in their dorm room. Like, not walking down the hall. Yeah. Because I think for Remus, like, even if he is, like, saying it under his breath or whatever, like, there's still a a possibility someone could hear. I mean, and yeah. Above anyone knows how damaging it would be if that got out. Well, sure, but I also do want to say, like, Snape isn't making this all up, right? Like, it's still a memory. No. He's not, he's not, like, like, I'm sure those words were yeah. said. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I think, see, I don't think, I feel like, I, I, I feel like the conversation. I think the actions are what are, what's exaggerated, and, like, I absolutely believe Remus would have said that, because he's 15, and, like, I, he's, he, he says keep I it down. Said, I think he's filling in what he thinks that conversation listening in to their conversation, right? But I think he's also filling in a lot of the things that he um I mean I like, feel the like things that he knows now. Right. I mean that's that's possible. I think the way that I'm reading it, and it could be a mix of both to be honest, um, is more that like he's hearing these things, but he's like filling in the um you know when like people say things or for example, text message. And I think that Snape is doing this in a more active way thin text um i'm just using it as an, as an example um when you get text from people and to you you're like reading one tone into it but it's really something else so you could think somebody's like really upset but really they're just like yeah sure whatever and they're like fine with something you know what i mean um whereas like snake so it's like you're projecting yeah. your own thoughts of what of what their tone is onto it so that it so in my head snake is projecting his own thoughts and like opinions of these four onto the words that they're saying not that the words are wrong but that like his his idea of like how they're saying it and the inflection and like their um yeah just like how he interprets it is different than how it's actually being said yeah and i think like i i don't doubt that the subject of their conversation is right i just personally think and like um in the chat 
uh, Portia says, you know, Lupin is 15. He made mistakes so that he's able to be wise later in life and failure is the best teacher. But he has been, until he was 11, like, battered into him not to, like, like, being a werewolf is not something that you want people to know about. Mm -hmm. And then, like, didn't even think he would be able to go to Hogwarts. And I'm sure, like, obviously they did all the stuff to make sure that he could, like, change safely. But I'm also sure that they told him, like, this needs to be a secret. I mean, Otherwise, yes, like, I'm sure. But he also so allowed his best friends that, like, to become anime home. guy to run around with him when he became a werewolf, yeah. right? Like, we're not, he's, sure, he's careful and he right. understands the implications of it, but he's still 15 and does some, like, really dumb shit. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think that talking about it in a crowded hallway is one of those dumb things. Maybe. But. Um, like, in my brain and how I read it is that Snape knows that they're talking about um, the test and then imagines that this is, like, one of the questions. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, this is how that conversation Portia says that maybe Snape heard snippets um, that he then filled in as an adult. Yeah. That's also possible. Yeah, because that's a, that's, I think, I think my thing I, is I don't think that Snape is making the dialogue up. Like, from scratch, at least. Like, I think, like, filling in, sure, maybe, yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. think that he's, I don't think that he's just, like, making that whole thing up. You know what I mean? You know? Right, so, like, what I think is, like, um, where is it? Um, did you like question 10 Mooney? Loved it. Um, give five signs that identify a werewolf. I feel like that is true. Um, do you think you got them all right? I feel like that's true, but I don't think that Remus would have said one, two, three. Like, I feel like Remus is like, Yeah, I think I nailed that one, you know what I mean? Because they all know, and that is enough for them to chuckle at, you know. I, I I agree with Portia. It's like he heard snippets and then he filled in the rest. Yeah. Because, yeah, um, I, I believe that too. I think, I think, yeah. I like, feel like I, we're probably saying the same thing. I feel like that there is really exaggerated. Um, Peter's response to James catching the snitch is really exaggerated. I mean, even Sirius is exaggerated, right? Like, I don't think, like, right. it's, he's looking haughty and bored, but very handsomely so. Like, Snape, please get over yourself. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, bam, go wash right. your hair. Go get some sun. Stop hiding in bushes. You know what I'm wondering is, like, so Snape also has, like, long, dark hair. I wonder if he's, like, looking at Sirius, like, I mean, I look like that. Why don't, why don't people treat me like that? It's like, well, actually, you don't look like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, like, it's, it's... I wonder if look at Sirius, like, I mean, I don't understand. We're the same body type. We're the same whatever. And yet he got all the attention and no one was looking at me twice. Like, well, grooming is important. He mistakes that you're missing. You know. Style. Not being a Nazi. All these things. Yeah, you know, that one right up top actually, in fact. <laughs> um, put that away, will you, said Sirius, before Wormtail wets himself from excitement. Um, Wormtail turned slightly pink, but James grinned. If it bothers you, he said, stuffing the snitch back in his pocket, Harry had a distinct impression that Sirius was the only one for whom James would have stopped showing off. 
Um, and even though we're in Snape's memory, that sentence makes me like warms my heart, gives me feelings. They're just so cute, and they deserve to be friends forever and alive. Yeah. Um, I'm bored, said Sirius. Wish it was full moon. You might, said uh, Lupin. We've still got Transfiguration. If you're bored, you can test me. Here, he held off the book. I don't need to look at that rubbish. I know it all. Um, I love Lupin. That was like a like mm-hmm. fun having a smart person in the group. She's like, here, test me. How about we study? <laughs> you're bored? Let's look at some books. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Lupin is the Hermione of the Marauders. Oh, exactly. He said, You're bored? Let's go to the Lupin library. Lupin is the Hermione, Harry's the James, Ron is Sirius, and R- Wormtail shouldn't exist. Yeah. Yep. They don't have a mole, that's why. A rat. Yeah. Take his feet. Okay. Um, this will li- liven you up, Padfoot, said James quietly. Look who it is. Um, Sirius's head turned. He became very still, like a dog that had scented a rabbit. Excellent, he said softly. Snivelous. Um, Harry turned to see what Snape, what Sirius was looking at. Snape was on his feet again and was stowing his OWL paper in his bag. As he emerged from the shadows of the bushes and set across the ground, uh, Sirius and James stood up. Lupin and Wormtail remained sitting. Lupin was still staring down at his book, though his eyes were not moving and a faint frown line had appeared between his eyebrows. Wormtail was looking from Sirius and James to Snape with a look of avid anticipation on his face. Um, all right, Snivellus, said James loudly. Snape reacted so fast, it was as though he had been expecting an attack. Dropping his bag, he plunged his hand into his robes, and his wand was halfway into the air when James shouted, Expelliarmus. Um, so we see just from that, that, like, this is not a new thing, this is an ongoing thing. Um, also, Snape is very clearly paying attention to them, because that yep. was a quick reaction time. He was waiting on that. And also, like, this is the other thing of, like, I talk about um, Snape and I really do think it's Snape and Sirius and James is kind of like the the dude that got the girl, so Snape is, you know, like, putting a lot of stuff on him, but I always felt like Sirius was the real antagonist. But, um, and and the, the similarities between that and Harry and Malfoy, like, you cannot say that Harry bullied Malfoy or that Malfoy bullied Harry. Like, it's antagonistic. Like, they both do bad things to each other. And they both have, there are times when both of them could have ratcheted it down, right? Like, and like, and there are moments. But definitely Harry on the wrong side. If we had had Harry's worst memory and we'd seen Harry throw second zipper at Draco, we'd been like, Harry is fucked up. Fuck him. He's a bully. He's the worst. Why is he out here? Like what? Like if that was the only context we got right. from Draco's point of view as well. Um, not to say right. that Harry wasn't wrong. He was wrong as fuck, and I hate that chapter. Um, but also just thinking about like so as we kind of as they get older, Draco seems to be more of the um, like catalyst for like he tends to be the person who like comes up to Harry and is like in his business a lot. But, yeah, he's the instigator a lot of the time. Um, but, I mean, I was, like, in, uh, sorry, in Sorcerer's Stone, there are moments when Harry and Ron are like, let's see how we can go mess with Draco. You know what I mean? Like, and in, and in yeah. Half of Prince, Harry spends so much time, so much obsessing time over Draco. obsessing over Draco. But it's also the same thing of, like, this, like, it's literally a mirror, right? 
Harry and Half Blood Prince, Harry's following Draco around, hiding in bushes to see what he's up to because he's gonna catch him in the act. You know what I mean? And it's very similar, I think, to what Snape is doing. Like, why are you following them and then hiding in the bushes, still close enough to hear their conversation if mm-hmm. you're not worried about them, or if you, or if you're being bullied by them, you want to avoid them. You want to be as far away and out of their line of sight as possible. You're not trying to like. Ooh, so now, their so line now of I'm vision. thinking, right? Lily's up a lake. James is James is showing off for Lily, and potentially mm-hmm. not doing as much as Snape thinks he's doing, but he's probably still showing off. Um, this is a moment for Snape to prove to Lily how terrible James is, even though she already knows he's terrible and has told him to his face it, so to Snape's face and to James's face that she thinks that he's terrible. Um, but he's like, but I'm curious if that's like one of the reasons he chooses that moment to leave the bushes, right? And like, then James is antagonizing him. And he's like, ooh, okay, great. Now we're going to duel or whatever. But like, Lily's right there. Yeah, and I think it's it might be also not like I'm going to show Lily how terrible James is, but Lily already thinks that James is terrible and I'm going to show her that I can stand up to him that, and hold my yeah, own. that's almost possible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna defend honor, not her honor, because she's not nothing to do with it. But like, I'm gonna show her that I'm like capable of defending her, or I'm, you know what I mean? I don't know, whatever it is. Portia mentions that like Snape is a good guy trope, except he's not. He's just the good guy in his head, which is um, the good, which is which is. Which is what, like, you know what's really weird about this, right? Is that, like... Definition of the good guy trope. (laughs) It's the definition of the good guy trope, except, and, part of the good guy trope is that people actually do think he's a good... Like, not only does he think he's a good guy, like, people generally think he's a good guy, unless they can, like, see through his bullshit. So, like, they're Snape apologists. These chapters were written so that we would think Snape was actually a good guy. Like, it's meant to be a redemption for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really just makes it grosser. So. Yeah. But it was meant yep. to be that, right? It was meant to be like, oh, no, he's actually a good guy. He just, like, was bullied and lost the love of the Well, I don't even it. know if it was meant to be that, but it was meant to be that he has his reasons. Because I, I do think, like I've said, like, you know, there's, like, explanations versus excuses. Like, it's not an excuse for his behavior, but it's an explanation for why he would behave this way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think this is what it was. It's supposed I and maybe I don't read it as a redemption because it didn't read as a redemption. No, to me, I mean, but, but it, re- it reads as an explanation. And it does my probably well, this read as, reads as an other explanation people. on its own. Um but coupled with the Prince's Tale. Yeah. Yeah. Is what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think I don't know. I don't know her. But I don't think that Joe wrote it in mind to redeem Snape this early. I think she was sowing the seeds. Tell, yeah. No, I think she was sowing the seeds for it. Yeah. Like she knew what she was doing. She knew mm. and she knew the yeah, end game for Snape from uh, like very early on. Um, yeah. So no, this was Yeah. And I also yeah, no. By this point, I think she kinda knew her end game and like maybe not all of the details of it, but she knew where she was going. Especially with Snape. Yeah. Um, okay. So Snape's wand fell twelve feet or flew twelve feet into the air. 
um, and fell with, thud, with a thud in the grass behind him. Impedimenta, um, James said, pointing his wand at Snape, um, who was knocked off his feet. Students all around had turned to watch because teenagers, again, are the worst. And they're just like, fight, turn up. Um, mm-hmm. Snape lay panting on the ground. James and Sirius advanced on him, wands up. James glancing over his shoulder at the girls um, at the water's edge as he went. Wormtail was on his feet now, watching hungrily, edging around Lupin to get a clearer view. How'd the exam go, Snively? Or Snively? Whatever, um, said James. I was watching him. His nose was touching the parchment, said Sirius viciously. There'll be grease marks all over it. They won't be able to read a word. Several people watching laughed. Um, Snape was clearly unpopular. Well, you know, he's a Nazi, so. But I also, like, this another another exaggeration, right? Because, like, several, like, if this happens to you and you fancy yourself, you know, competent or whatever, and you get an impedimina jinx, you're going to think that everyone is laughing at you. But we just also know that that's not really how Hogwarts works. Like, people, there might be some people laughing, but, like, we hear, I think Sirius says it, or someone says it, you know, like, Snape hung around Death Eaters. Lily says it. Um, And so Snape has friends. And there's, like, I just don't believe that, like, and maybe this crowd, maybe because he's, creeping around the Gryffindors, right? Lily's a Gryffindor. Like, maybe this crowd, uh, the majority of them are laughing at him because they're all Gryffindors and Slytherin. Um, but it just feels to me, like, even Lupin, when they get up, Lupin's got, like, frowning and, like, shaking his head. Like, he doesn't have the courage to stop Stand them. up to them, right? But, but he's, he's not laughing. Stand up to them. But he's not laughing because he doesn't find it, like, he's like, why are we doing this? Like, I feel like the same thing if it was Hermione, or Ron and Harry versus Draco, like, Hermione's not laughing. She's like, no. Nah, she tends to stand up to them, not. though. Like, when they start to, they're like, she's like, no, don't do that. She's right. much she more, stand uh, up to them, but I'm saying, confident in her, like, ability to persuade them. Her, yeah, yeah. Um, really quickly, I, the, what I'm saying oh. is, like, I just don't think that she would laugh. No, she wouldn't laugh. I mean, you know, except at times she punched him in the face, in which case, laugh away. He deserved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Portia says, all your faves, Go ahead. parentheses, the Marauders, are problematic, which is very true. Like, this isn't, I think, mm-hmm. we're not, as we read this part of the chapter, we're not trying to, like, it's necessarily excuse the Marauders. I think we're just trying to give some perspective on the fact that, like, we only see this scene from Snape's perspective, um, and Snape is not reliable. And, like, while most of this a, probably happened, un- it probably also did not happen 100% in the way that he is, like, remembering it and the way that we're learning it in the story. Right. Like, I don't doubt that James jinxed Snape. I do doubt that a crowd of people are laughing at him like that. And you know what I mean? Like, I sure, I feel like some people would laugh. Some people would be like, eh. You know what I mean? But but also watching. It's like, like anytime you see teenagers getting into a fight or whatever, like it's just, it's not a monolith like that, you know? I believe that like mm-hmm. no one's going to help him, but I just don't think that like, what is it? But also um, hasn't he like done unforgivable curses and like cursed muggle-borns and like at this point he's like done yeah. some really awful shit to people? Yeah. So I would also believe point, they, that people were laughing at him, but it's also because it's like, look at this, like, 
getting your due. Yeah. This bigot, right? Like at the same like when right? Malfoy got turned into a ferret. That shit was um, hilarious as fuck. <laughs> I laughed more than once. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amani says Joe will never give them a series, which I feel like no one asked you, sir. We can hold out hope if we want. <laughs> Don't be out here being tested. We're going to get a series. Hopefully, it won't be written by Joe. I, Remus's point of view. Joe will okay. Give, Joe will give a young and up and coming writer named Bayana Davis a chance to write the series. Birdman Hannah <laughs> Um And then Portia yeah, also points out that Harry, for that book. Um, Portia also points out that Harry needs perspective, um, which is also true, right? Like I think that like while we're, I think that this chapter or this part of the chapter also allows Harry to see like kind of put himself in Snape's shoes um, in a way that I think is important for him because he's spent all this time like idolizing his father and his father's friends um, and hating Snape and like, you know, all of it is valid. Um, but I think that like being able to see that like these people are all three-dimensional and it's not just like my father who is this amazing hero and he's so great um and snape who's this terrible person who is like the devil reincarnate um like he was a teenager at some point right like he had he has feelings um and james is also a teenager at some point and had flaws and i think that that's important to sorry go ahead no that that was my last thing that i was saying I also think it's important to remember that, like, his first time in the Pensieve, he was in Dumbledore's memory, and he takes what Dumbledore says as gospel, and so he probably also is in the Pensieve remembering, like, well, in Dumbledore's memory, like, that's exactly what happened. So, in here, he's like, that's exactly what happened, and it's not until the next book, when he's in um, Slughorn's memory, that he's like, oh, these can be changed, Changed. or... Uh Or adjusted, and it probably depends on, like, the age of the person and their magical ability and, like, their own biases, right? Um, There's lots of different things that, like, I think would factor into these memories, and some that are, like, very deliberate tampering, where, like, slughorns versus ones that are just, like, you're you're not going to have an objective um, look at like experiences that happen to you they're all colored by your own experiences and your thoughts and your opinions and your worldview um no matter how mundane they are that's just like what it is that's what a memory is right um but i also believe that this memory is true in terms of this is how snape yeah saw it and no i don't think he's tampering with it at all i think this is like how he felt and what he thought was happening right right and i think that the other like Slughorns is like when you actively suppress a bad memory because that's why it's so jarring. He's like, no, right? Because he's like actively, he had made a different choice. Mm-hmm. And so he's actively suppressing that memory. Whereas this is how Snape perceived this incident, stating it so much as he perceived it. It's just like if if you ask two people what happened, they'll give you like there will be slight differences in perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and so that and I think that's like important to point out, right? Like I don't the think that is somewhere is in the middle. It. Yeah, and I think that neither of us are saying that Snape is lying. Um, he's just biased. 
and especially when it comes to James. Yes. Um, okay. Um, mm, you wait, Snape panted, staring up at James with an expression of purest loathing. You wait. Wait for what, said Sirius coolly. What are you going to do, Snivellus? Wipe your nose on us. Um, Snape let out a stream of mixed swear words and hexes, but his wand was uh, 10 feet away, so nothing happened. Wash out your mouth, said James coldly. Scourgeify. Pink soap bubbles streamed from Snape's mouth at once. The froth was covering his lips, making him gag, choking him. Leave him alone. Um, James and Sirius looked around. What? James's free hand jumped up to his hair again. Um, it was That's one of the girls from the lake. I know. Like, right. I feel bad, but also I'm like, like that smart. On. smart. Yeah. Okay. Um, Back then. It was one of the girls from the, lakes, from the lake edge. She had thick, dark red hair that fell to her shoulders and startling, startlingly green almond-shaped eyes. Harry's eyes. Harry's mother. All right, Evan, said James. Leave him alone, Lily repeated. What has he done to you? Well, said James. It's more the fact that he exists, if you know what I mean. Uh, many of the surrounding watchers laughed, Sirius and Wormtail included, but Lupin, still apparently intent on his book, didn't, and neither did Lily. You think you're funny, she said coldly, but you're just as you're just an arrogant, bullying toe rag potter. Leave him alone. I will if you go out with me, Evans, which is gross. Don't do that. Don't use it as blackmail. Mm -hmm. That's disgusting. Um, go on. Mm -hmm. Go out with me. I'll never lay a wand on old Snively again. Um, no. How about? Uh, Which is what Lily says. Yep. He goes, I wouldn't go out with you if it was a choice between you and the giant squid. Bad luck, Prong, said Sirius briskly, turning back to Snape. Oi! Um, it was too late. Snape had directed his wand straight at James. There was a flash of light, and a gash appeared on the side of James's face, spattering his robes with blood. Sectumsempra. Hate that spell. Hate that chapter. Hate hate it for worse um i mean i could find some good uses for it but you know i didn't say that out loud did i shouldn't have said that should not have said that goodbye um snape so james whirled around in a second flash of light later um snape was hanging upside down in the air his robes falling over his head to reveal skinny pallid legs and a pair of graying underpants um, so that's the Leva Corpus spell. Um, fun fact, can only be done non-verbally. So that's cool. But not really, but, you know, kind of cool. Um, what is in your brain? <laughs> I'm just, I... I'm very smart. Matt, Go I'm ahead, keep going! Genius. I'm the best. <laughs> Lion, major key. Um, keep going. I just like you. Well, you know, going to the school, so it's okay. Um, many people in the small crowd watched, watching cheered. Um, Sirius, James, and Wormtail roared with laughter. Um, Lily, who was furious, let him down. Um, certainly, said James. Or, sorry, real quick. Lily, whose furious expression had twitched for an instant as though she was going to smile. Yep. I wonder if that's just but, his, his thinking of it after the fact, right? Like, two years from now, right. when she's dating James, and he's like, yeah, she was laughing at me too. 
Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe she did think it was funny. Right. It was funny. Um, but also, you just cut the dude's face. It's true. Like, they were doing, I mean, it wasn't nice what they were doing, but they weren't hurting you. They weren't drawing blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could have, you got your wand, you could have stupefied him, and then ran away. Like, quick stun, get out of there. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean by saying it's an adversarial relationship because he does nothing to de escalate. Yeah. Um, certainly, said James, and he jerked his wand upward. The snake fell um, into a crum- crumpled heap on the ground. Um, he got quickly to his feet, wand up, but Sirius said, Petrificus Totalis. Leave him alone, Lily shouted. She had her wand out now. James and Sirius eyed it warily. Ah, Evans, don't make me hex you. Take the curse off him then. Um, James sighed deeply, then turned to Snape and muttered the counter curse. There you go. You're lucky Evans was here, Snivelis. I don't need help from filthy little mudbloods like her. Well. Nazi. There we go. Good look at that. Can you also talk about how people seem how to easy forget out of mouth? How easy how easy it came out of his mouth. How people seem to forget that that's a thing that he said in this chapter. It slid out like he's practiced at it. He has said that before. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a filthy mu- mud blood like Evans. No, no. He put some some force behind that. He did. Um, Lily blinked, which now I have the gift of the dude that's like... A, oh. <laughs> Alright then. That's what this we're doing? Information. Hmm. Okay then. Fine, she said coolly. I won't bother in the future. And I'd wash your pants if I were you, Snivellus. Girl, good comeback. I know that hurt your feelings quite more than we see in this chapter, but... Way to be wow. cool. Back. Um... Apologize to Evans, James roared. I don't want you to make him apologize. You're just as bad as he is. What? I'd never call you a you-know-what. Messing with your hair because you think it looks cool to look like you... Sorry, sorry. James, a pureblood, has a hard time even not saying it. I would never call you a, a, you know, you know that word he just said. Like, <laughs> it's not something that comes out of James' mouth. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to, like, reiterate. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Messing with your hair because you think it looks cool to look like you've just got off your broomstick. Showing off that stupid snitch. Walking down corridors and hexing anyone who annoys you just because you can. I'm surprised your broomstick can get off the ground with that fat head on it. You make me sick. She turned around on her heel um, and hurried away. Evans, James shouted after her. Hey, Evans! But she didn't look back. What is it with her, said James. Reading between the lines, I think she's... I'd say she thinks you're a bit conceited, mate, said Sirius. Right, said James, who looked furious now. Right. Um, There's another flash of light and Snape was once again hanging upside down in the air. Who wants me? Who wants to see me take off Snively's pants? And whether James did take off Snively's pants, Harry never found out. Um, 
a hand was closed tight on Anju's upper arm, closed with a pincer-like grip. Harry turned and saw a fully grown, adult-sized snake standing right beside him, white with rage. Having fun? Mm. Harry felt himself rising into the air. Um, soon his feet hit uh, stone floor of Snape's dungeon. So, said Snape, uh, gripping Harry's arm so tightly, Harry's hand was starting to feel numb. So, been enjoying yourself, Potter? No, said Harry, trying to free his arm. It was scary. Snape's lips were shaking. His face was white. His teeth were bare. I mean, you literally dove into this man's memories. You were like, you just put on my swim cap, my goggles, put on the flippers, maybe a wetsuit. Let's do this. Did some stretches beforehand. And he was like, all right, let's go. I'm ready. So, I mean, of course he's upset. It's like, it's, a, and not only is it like, you know, Snape was mad when Harry saw a couple of his other memories, like when they were practicing, but this one is one that he specifically yeah. set aside so that Harry could not see it. Yeah. He like went through all that trouble of taking it out of his brain and being like, go ahead and plop that there. Yeah. Um, you will not tell anybody what you saw, Snape bellowed. Um, no, said Harry. No, of course I won't. Get out. Get out. I don't want to see you in this office ever again. And as Harry hurtled down the door, or toward the door, sorry, a jar of dead cockroaches exploded, exploded over his head. He wrenched the door open and flew away up the corridor, stopping only when he had put three floors between himself and Snape. Then he leaned against the wall, panting and rubbing his bruised arm. He had no desire at all to return to Gryffindor Tower so early, nor to tell Ron and Hermione what he had just seen was making Harry feel so horrified and unhappy was not being shouted out, shouted at, shouted at, or having jars thrown at him. It was that he knew how it felt to be humiliated in the middle of a circle of onlookers, knew exactly how Snape had felt as his father had taunted him, and that judging from what he had just seen, his father had been every bit as arrogant as Snape had always told him. I just... Yeah. I mean, I do want to point out that, again, that this is but he had one jar, time. He had jars at him? He did. A jar of dead cockroaches? Yep. He also threw him to the ground. I think I skipped that part, actually. But also, dude was angry. I mean, on top of Snape already, like, hating him, and that part is irrational, but, like, that's a serious... And I'm not saying that, like, he deserved to be abused, but also that's the fault for Snape, so I think that's why I'm less, like, inclined to be upset about it because I'm like, that, like that's a Thursday. That <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whatever. Uh, we're used to that. But like, I do also want to point out like Harry is feeling bad. And I think um, as Portia was saying earlier, it is important that he is um, interrogating his feelings about his father and like, you know, learning that this dude was human and had his own flaws and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, but I do also want to point out this is one memory, stressed on memory, um, in like at one point in Snape's and his father's like tenure at uh Hogwarts right so we don't get like their whole history and we don't get like the other things that have happened um and I think like on its own it's it's terrible but like I think there are I don't know I just I think that like we do have to take 
it with a grain of salt for all the reasons we've already said, but also because this it's not like we're getting a full overview of this relationship and all the yeah. things that happened during that time. Yeah. So agreed. Yeah. Who is your MVP? Lily. Um I think because well one, you know, for standing up for I mean at that point we didn't realize it was he was her friend but like standing up for someone um who is being attacked and like um but then also like knowing her own worth right like first of all I'm not gonna go out with you just because just as like a way for you to stop bullying this person like not fuck that um and then also like when dude turns on her and like calls her out her name she's like okay well then you get out of the situation yourself I'm a mudblood okay cool congratulations you played yourself exactly um and so yeah i think that's why what about you Mm -hmm. serious and i probably shouldn't but i can really because you can i don't think there's real is there like a (laughs) a valid reason to make him your mvp because i'm pretty sure he was just as terrible even though it was like the memory of serious wasn't a good light so i'm not quite sure because he was there and he fueled me with Patronus fuel by his sheer presence and being attractive and have a girl swoon at him and not even paying attention because I can okay Okay. it was going to be Fred and George but you know I am who I am um, so, um, Portia makes Fred and George the MVPs for MVPs for pure underappreciated genius. Matthew makes Flitwick for his charms this chapter. Um, Laurel the twins for well-timed mayhem. Amani the twins for flourishing despite their lack of maternal support and respecting classmates' time. Are you reading Yates? Um, also. Can't t- can't even ex- I can't see where Amani stops and Portia ends. I just don't. <laughs> Hold on here. Um. All right. Who did you bench? Harry, because he stuck his whole he stuck his whole face in a man's memories, whole and it had face. literally nothing to do with him. On top of also being shitty to Cho. Just go add Ooh. that on there as well. Not practicing his occlumency after Dumbledore explicitly told him how important it was. Ooh. And then he just ruined it, right? Now he can't take occupancy anymore because ain't always Snape gonna teach him an extra class after he just stuck his face in his memories. In his memories. Like, no. Harry has to take several And, like, straight up, Snape is giving up his evenings and you just are disrespecting. And also, for making you defend Severus Snape. No, sir. Yes, girl. No. Yes. If that ain't a reason to sit down, like what? Are, what are you doing? What are you doing? Hmm. I'm still disgusted. In case anyone was 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 wondering how I'm disappointed feeling. and disgusted. 
that gif of that lady being like. I hope that's not a rapper because I don't know who that is. But there's a gif from the lady. You know what I'm talking uh, about. Whatever. Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. I think it's just from um, so, uh, Matthew benches Draco Malfoy for um, doing everything he can to hurt Hermione because he is jealous that a girl and a muggle-born girl is better than him at everything. Um, Laurel benches Malfoy as well for flaunting his newfound ability to use slurs from a position of power. Ooh, that's a word. Mm-hmm. Um, Portia benches the ministry for installing the worst person into the headmaster's post for the worst possible reasons. Amani bitches Harry, boy, keep your nose out of grown folks' business. Truth. Um, Ariana comes in. She made the twins the MVP for fighting the power and bitches Harry because he knows better and needs to do better. Thank you. And there's a shade award. Um, Portia gives a shade award to Hogwarts Castle for its shady armor, lunatic poltergeist, and unruffled professors. The castle oozes centuries of shade, which is so true. Indeed. Oh my god. So you know what I'm thinking about now in um, uh, Half Resurrection Blues when the house, the ghost, the house ghost. Oh, Mama Esther. Mama Esther mm-hmm. is like that. The house ghost of Hogwarts. So Mama Esther's like, I don't think she has that kind of spade. She's got a little bit, but mostly she's just sweet nur- nur- nourish, nurturing. Mm-hmm. But the Hogwarts house ghost is shady as fuck. Yeah. And I'm here for it. So shady. Um, cool. So thank you for listening. Next week we will discuss chapter 29, Harry Potter, and Order of the Phoenix, career advice. It's going down. Bring your bring your party gear. We're turning up. It's a situation. We might have to change the we might have to change the um recording time so I can attend. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to change my flight. One of the two. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know that we can change the recording time. But what we I can talk about it offline. We'll see. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Basically, week, be ready. It's going down. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. It's about to happen. It's going down. I'm very excited. I've been waiting. How long have you been doing this? Is 2015? Years. Years. It's been Years. like two and a half at least. Been waiting for this chapter. It's yeah. I've done my waiting. Two and a half years of it. On this couch. <laughs> um, make sure to follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is bench for the chapter. Join the conversation on Twitter at We Black and Nerds, hashtag Wizard Team, um, website blackgirlscreate.org. Um, join our Slack, subscribe to our newsletter, keep an eye out for the space for Black History Month. Um, we got a lot of cool stuff that's gonna go down, so you know, watch out. Constant vigilance. Stay woke.